0: Hello and welcome to 250, your weekly podcast looking the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm your host Darren Mooney and joining me as always is my co-host Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew?
1: Superb, Darren. How are you today?
0: Or would you go so far as to say you are a superb man?
1: Um, I, w- I would. So that's exactly how far i go. Uh, no further don't push me
0: (laughs) the line must be drawn here yes as listeners may have guessed from that uh from that terrible pun in the title of the podcast they are listening to this week we are discussing superman for the quest for peace and we have two fantastic guests lined up both of whom are here by their own volition and their own free will. First of all, uh, we had a guest who got in contact with the podcast, which I actually always love when a guest is like, I want to talk about a movie, as opposed to me strong-arming them and saying, you are going to talk about this movie. The one of Mr. Graham Day said that he had not talked about one of the movies on the bottom 100. And so I said, Graham, pick whatever movie on the bottom 100 you like. Yeah. And Graham said, eh. So I said, okay, would you like to talk about Superman 4? And he said, eh. So I said, Graham, you're talking about Superman four. How are you, Graham?
2: A uh, little sad. I'm not talking about Superman three, uh, but otherwise, yeah, very excited to finally be on a bottom one hundred. It's really weird with the way that I talk about films and how I have opinions that really differ from the consensus. That I do, that I don't have any um, bottom one hundreds uh, in my belt. I'm very, I'm, I'm happy that this is the first one though that I'm going to cut my teeth on.
1: It's a very special episode. It's a
2: very special episode because.
1: We're 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 recording this ahead of Superman Day. Um <laughs> but we're 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 hoping to release round then provided nothing else comes into the um, the two fifty. I mean we have too much must- yeah. Andrew, 100?
0: when is Superman it's day? It's also
1: a very special episode because one of us has a drug problem that the others are gonna confront.
3: <laughs> um, and deal with. Yeah. Uh,
0: possibly while addressing the UN. And we have another spectacular guest lined up here. Uh, last time he was on, he asked me, Darren, why do you keep asking me to talk about movies that are terrible? And I said, Niall, I will fix that for you. I will find a movie You're that you think is brilliant. And and we will talk about that movie that you think is brilliant. So, Niall, welcome back. Hope you look forward to talking about Superman for The Quest for
4: Peace. I am, well... This isn't a bad movie for me. That's the sad thing. I do genuinely like this movie. So I feel
1: it's a... I, f- I feel like you're you're in like reasonable enough company. Um, yeah, you yeah. tip my hat too much. Yeah.
4: Ooh, what an interesting hint. But yeah,
1: to... reasonable
0: enough company.
4: Moderate company, lukewarm Good-ish. company, even I might say. Yes. <laughs> Given um, that's the vibe. My last appearance was on a, the Halle Berry Catwoman episode. Oh, that I think was we're... fun to listen to. Oh, glad you enjoyed it. I didn't. But, <laughs> but uh, we're assembling our very own league of mediocre gentlemen.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, the reason why I reached out to, to Niall to be on this one specifically is because I know Nile has that a bit of That is what a podcast is, by the way. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Generally speak.
0: Um, but I, I reached out to Niall because I know Niall is a big fan of the Canon film group. Uh, in fact, he's a fan of the Canon Canon, as it were. So how would you, just in terms of like, what is it that you love about canon films? What is your favorite canon film? And how would you situate Superman for the quest for peace in that canon of films?
4: Ooh, the first one's a really good question. I think what I love about canon films is you kind of, once you notice that logo and you see the variety of films that pop up in front of it, you have to wonder what is the story behind Canon Films. And I won't go into it completely, but I do recommend viewers uh, watch the, It's Electric Boogaloo, The Untold yep. Story of Canon Films, a great documentary. That's like both parts inspiring and terrifying how the, they manipulated the film industry to make just some of the most like shocking and bizarre stuff. And uh, I w- I'd want to say politically incorrect, but I mean that just in the most insane way. As in ways you just don't see anymore. <laughs> it's think... great.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Electric Boogaloo is such a kind of a punchline as well, because mm. it's like any time when they make two movies mm. or where you're talking like um, notionally about there being a something too. It's always on Electric Boogaloo.
4: <sighs> yeah, and I think um, my, favorite, my favorite Canon film is probably Death Wish 3 uh, because little little Charlie Bronson and his big old gun just killing endless gang members in, quote-unquote, New York. New York, London, which is a location we'll be visiting in Superman (laughs) 4. (laughs) Among many others. Among many others. In fact, the whole um, final Death Wish trilogy from, like, 3 to 5 is just insane. Just, oh, I love it.
0: Um, and and it gets some great coverage in that documentary you mentioned. Is there as uh, well? Yeah, it does. Michael Winner is also a character who maybe deserves his own kind of like space. Where yes, where he used to have his own column, Winner's Dinners, where he would talk about like food. Um, in the British tabloids, which I find fascinating as well, completely separate from his career as a director of Death Wish movies.
4: From what I've heard about him as a director, he deserves his own space called a prison. No. <laughs> he sounds like a really terrible man. Not to speak ill of. Oh dear, pres- presumed deceased.
0: Well, they can't all be winners, I guess. Oh. Uh, no, he. W- we started he early. Winning. Um. All right, and and um. So and Graham. Like if Nile is our, our canon films expert, um, you are here as our representative in terms of Superman because we've, we've had you on the podcast before. You invited myself and Andrew to sit down and watch like a double yeah. bill of Man of Steel and Batman versus yeah. Superman. You invited both of us to watch Justice League, and I think only I took you yeah. up on that. We all watched Justice League, the Snyder yeah. Cut, um, together. Wow! Uh, imagine so, how
1: much I would, like I, <laughs> imagine how much time I, I would have spent watched doing that. if I if I had agreed to do all of those. Like
0: yeah, four That's a day movies. and a half. That's a and a half I think so, that's so, the somewhere. only thing Andrews ever actually said no to on this podcast. Um, I was
1: so annoyed after <laughs> like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Yeah, that was Man it. of Steel made me like Batman v Superman more though. It oh. was the one thing that kind of yeah. is. Uh, it, it,
2: and you did like Justice League, did you?
1: The Snyder Cut. I kind of hated what it was doing <laughs> to our movies. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, the the yeah. the uh, the Snyder Cut. Mm. Like, and
0: Andrew had his own kind of like demon slayer reaction to it.
1: Shouldn't no one no one should have this sort of license. Yeah,
0: you had your own nightmare um uh, kind of moment there.
2: Yeah. You yeah. saw the future and <laughs> you were just like, like, oh no. Down with
1: creativity. Yeah, there 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 must be limits. You know? <laughs> Never. Actually, I think that's good for creativity. If you tell somebody like Yeah, give creativity the limits. That's what we need. No, genuinely, yeah. it, it's,
4: it, it's it's it's. Well, look at look at Superman four. It had no money, yeah. and it's amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 look at those I, reused I, shots of him flying. It's great. A, a brief economic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely a word
0: to call Superman for the quest for peace. Well, that's the thing economic. about those the Superman movies. I love that this is already anarchy. But anyway, yeah, sorry, there's Andrew.
1: there's like um, there's a correlation between like. The amount of money is spent making it, mm. the amount of money it makes, and it's like IMDB rating. Where it goes from like a lot of money um down to <laughs> down to very little money and and uh reasonably high rating to like a very poor rating. But they were all going in the same direction. People people have this kind of idea that there there's something kind of um especially bad about this. Sorry, not not to jump too much into it. Well, but I, spo- we, I, we can't
0: go into spoilers uh, uh, yet. No, 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 no it, I,
1: I guess not spoiling anything. No, it, no,
0: it's not spoiling anything. Like, I mean, okay, just to give a bit of context to Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. And there no are actually three
1: movies there. that they did before Superman 4. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> un- oh, unprecedented, I hear. Yeah. Like, like the story of any great movie, this story begins at the Cannes Film Festival in 1984.
1: George Reeves so, was asked, like, what's the story? Is there going to be a new Superman movie? Um,
0: and he said, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Was he, no, he was, was probably base-
1: dead at that point, was he? No, he was no, George, George Reeves I'm talking about, the original oh, George, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, okay. Um, it or, is confusing, right. sorry. It's no, not really. <laughs> they, they spell and pronounce their names differently.
1: <laughs> listeners, listeners didn't see Darren's, like, kind of... Um, uh terrified face there <laughs> it's like what have i said
0: <laughs> how have i started this all right well okay what i was gonna ask is so niall is here as our canon expert graham is here as our superman expert how would you position superman 4 in the canon of superman films like where does it rank for you what's your your initial reaction to it it's notable. but this is the only superman movie in either the top 250 or the bottom 100 and how does that make you feel graham
2: sad um it's honestly the, it's it's the worst one for me um but that's because I, it has so much baggage for me because i know so much about the character and and it's it's not the problem with it is it's not as fun as the previous uh, first two it's not as weird as the third one because i adore the third one
0: Listeners cannot see Niall's. Reaction to this.
2: I feel like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come back to Nile uh, like, in this in a the second. Third Go one ahead, is weird, But it's kind of comic book weird and I love it. And then it's it's not as um it, it has some really bold ideas, but the execution of those ideas is awful. And so it's kind of the worst one. Also, like I feel really bad for Margot Kidder. The more I learn about what was going on behind the scenes, the worse I feel for Margot Kidder. Uh, by the point she was uh, at Superman for the Quest for Peace. And that kind of also, I, like, I, I'm a very... She's the money penny, isn't
1: she? Kind of. Of, of the the Superman movies, like, increasingly.
0: She did. I, as as, as it decrease as, in... as each film went on. Well, it... no, no, well, I mean, this what is are... technically an increase of Superman 3. No, yeah. but what, what,
1: what I mean is that, romantically speaking... So, like, oh, yes. in the James Bond movies, James Bond has his kind of, um, his home life where he, he, he spends some time, presumably, in... Have we ever seen him in, at home? In, in London or in that area. Um, and while while he's there, I guess, um, is having some sort of love affair or maybe flirtation with uh, Moneypenny, but then he goes off and has his kind of, like, covert life where he's kind of playing field, um... And she, she, she has to kind of um, hope or something. It's, it, it's, it's even though it's, Superman it's, definitely
2: it's... gets it on with Lois in the second one.
0: Okay, th- I'm gonna put a put a pin in all of that, <laughs> and just come back to like the discussion that we are actually having. I, right? I, Which I, is... I like
4: James Bond fan fiction. I think well, this should be <laughs> the episode. <laughs>
0: right right here and right
4: now
1: nobody else felt like that the, 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 there there is a kind of a a um a james bond kind of the 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 romance in this movie I, of, of 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 him kind of like living a a, a another kind of persona where 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 he has I, a where he has a romantic b-plot
4: that's just superheroes isn't
0: it i have an entire section on the superman the christopher reeves superman masculinity sexuality stuff and i want to get to that in depth in this <laughs> but in the, the correct no. order
1: oh. that's probably that's probably a good point Nile. it is it is a a superhero thing
0: the it, two lives the twin lives
1: and the they, they uh, kind of like have, having um it's like some some of the kind of um the 90s batman movies who who am i trying to think of the um
0: well, you're thinking of, like, Batman Returns with Selena Kyle, yeah. and Catwoman as two halves of the same coin. You're thinking of, arguably, Batman Forever, where Chase and Bruce, Chase and Batman. Um, you're arguably I also thinking of... I suppose I mean of... Batman and Robin more. Yeah,
4: where he has yeah. sex with Mr. Freeze. Or yeah. Batman yeah, yeah. and Robin.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's the that's
0: relationship. Yeah, where he says, I'm not, I'm not the marrying kind. Where, yeah, like the whole thing is that like he wants to put on leather and be with his partner. Um, as opposed, I find to... it
2: fascinating that once again in a DC conversation about a DC character, somehow it gets back to it. Batman. Always
0: comes back to Batman.
2: It always comes back to Batman, and I hate okay, that.
0: Okay, okay, let's let's bring it back to to Superman, all right? And let's let's Graham punch the air. Um, also, because while that conversation was happening, Niall seemed to be wincing in some ways. So I'm going to throw the ball back to Niall and ask like your take on, on kind of what Graham said there about is this the worst Superman movie? Um, is this like was Niall's characterization of those three previous Superman movies fair in your opinion Niall uh, and where does this rank in the Superman kind of canon for yourself
4: oh well for me because I I should I should probably admit this now I've never actually seen the original Superman 2 cut I had, I had the Donner cut I, I've I mean, seen I the Donner cut but I've never okay. seen the, the Lester the Lester cut for whatever reason I don't know why I did that that's really bad. I should have done the research, but moving on, I'll rank it regardless. You're not Darren you. Mooney. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking no of living is. alter egos,
1: <laughs>
4: putting on leathery, probably. I don't Nile, know. Nile I know how you left, watch your movies. Nile
1: just left the Zoom. Oh, hey, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> You're back.
4: But no, I, I was wincing just because Superman 3 for me is just a film. I, it's one of the few films I can't stand. Just because... It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a Superman film. It's like a, a Richard Pryor movie, and every now and again, Christopher yeah. Reeves appears like it's an SNL sketch. <laughs> it's so weird, and um, and it makes me think Richard Pryor isn't funny, which is incredible <laughs> that it achieves that. But no, this I think.
2: You mean you didn't like Texan Richard Pryor? No, with no. He did no, have a big
4: fair. hat, which is like object, objectively a huge hat. funny. But aside yeah. from that. There's very little to go on. Like I would rank, I would rank Superman four easily over three, easily over returns. But it helps. There's no known pedophiles behind the scenes with this one, and, yeah. and over overman is.
0: Oh, was that a Brian yeah. Singer joined?
4: Yeah. yeah,
2: I like Brandon Routh. Yeah, the Brandon Routh sounds good
0: not not to tip my hand too early in this conversation but superman returns is the rare superman movie that manages to have a sex offender behind the camera in front of the camera and as its primary character which is quite the trifecta um so i think that's that's something that is interesting to talk about when we talk about that's right
1: that was the the movie with jared from (laughs) subway um
0: but yes we'll go back to that so forget it, it does tend to get
1: and i'm watching it it's like is this a superman movie or is it a subway commercial i can't, I
0: can't tell the difference um all right so yeah. we, we've okay Let, let's let's try and get things back on track just so in terms of offering a bit a bit of brief context okay, for sorry. superman <laughs> four and how how we end up here andrew's entirely right there were three superman movies beforehand spoiler alert for anybody who thinks that they're joining the franchise fresh those movies were
1: this isn't like big hero eight
0: no, um where it's slightly misleading no. um or Blade Runner 2049, uh, where I'm surprised to admit <laughs> there are not 2048 movies you have to watch to catch up with it. Uh, it's the
2: year. No, it's Sorry. 2021. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's great. You're right. <laughs> and Big Hero 6 is called Big Hero 6 because that's the number of them in the team. Okay. So, su- Sorry. Superman 4. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this, is, this is the problem with having me Superman, on. Sorry. Superman 4.
0: Um, okay. So basically... Superman
4: 3 is released. How
1: about 2001? Sorry, so, <laughs> Darren. Okay, it's
4: called Superman 4 because there are four Supermen. Let's move on. Yeah, that, that, that there are yeah, four we, we, of we all, them the we all movie. got that. There, yeah, there are four. George That's Reeves, why it's Superman. Christopher Reeves. Yeah,
0: Superman 4. Um, But yes, okay. So, yes. So, it's a product of a very different time in terms of production, Hollywood production. Uh, and I find, again, this is probably something we're going to talk about a little bit later on, where... The major studios had not yet kind of moved into the idea of superhero movies as a franchise that they would keep in house and develop, an intellectual property that would continually mine and reboot and repurpose and develop as their flagship franchises. So the Superman rights. are you too ashamed of doing Yeah. It. Well, I mean, this is exactly where this comes from. Because obviously, uh, the Superman rights, although uh, DC were owned by Time Warner. Warner Brothers, etc., they actually were sold externally and managed by the Selkinds, Alexander and his son Ilya Selkind. They made the first Superman movie, huge box office success. The second Superman movie, which was shot primarily at the same time, they had an argument or fallout with Richard Donner over that. They brought in Richard Lester to reshoot scenes. Uh, Lester's arrival caused some controversy on the cast and crew. Uh, Margot Kidder gave interviews saying that she felt that Donner had been strong-armed and and kind of like pushed out. Uh, Gene Hackman just refused to come back uh, to shoot any additional scenes, which I kind of admire. Um, Superman 2's release makes a shed load of money. Richard Lester is given, like, his own Superman 3 movie. Richard Lester is on record being not a Superman fan, but a Richard Pryor fan, which fits with exactly what Niall said. Richard Lester decides to use the opportunity to make Superman 3 as a Richard Pryor movie that occasionally features Superman. It is released in cinemas. It earns enough money to turn a profit, but it doesn't earn as much as people expect. Um... At the same time, the Selkines think that they're going to franchise the movie out, and they're going to make Supergirl, the Helen Slater movie. Um, That is released, and that bombs critically, and that bombs commercially. So, the Selkines go to Cannes in 1984. At this stage, the Superman franchise is considered spent. It is salted earth christopher reeve looking at the critical and commercial reaction to superman 3 has said he is never making another superman movie he backs out of a cameo in supergirl at the last possible minute because he doesn't want to be part of this franchise anymore Um, the selkines are at can famously and i kind of adore this flying planes over can to advertise their 1985 santa claus the movie uh, where apparently it would just circle Cannes for hours, because apparently that is your target market there. Uh, is that the one with John Lithgow? Uh, I think so, yes. I love that film. Um It was also notably the same year that the Canon Film Group broke into Cannes. They had 12 films playing at the Cannes Film Festival in 1984. Very much a number game. Um At the time... Uh, Menachem Golan, uh, who was one of the two heads, it was him and and Golbus, I think, were basically, like, he was wearing a white sateen jacket with breakdance, the title of one of his movies, written on the back. Asked to offer his assessment of the 1984 Cannes Film Festival, Golan describes it as a nice, ruthless place. At the film festival, the Selkines are on their way down, the Golan and Golbus are on their way up, so Cannon strikes a deal with the Salkines to take Superman off their hands. And they take the super- they buy the Superman rights. So at this stage, the Superman rights are basically third-hand. This is one of the most iconic comic book characters in the world, and he has been sold as second-hand uh, intellectual property, which I find amazing and kind of just puts everything in context. So, Canon announced that they're going to make Superman 4. They also announced that it's going to star Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve has not been informed that it will star Christopher Reeve at this point. Reeve (laughs) sits down at the negotiating table with them and he has two terms. Apparently two terms are set when he's negotiating to star in Superman 4 for the Canon film group. The first of which... Um is that he wants to break out as a serious actor. He wants to be taken seriously. Because he's obviously at this stage associated with the role of Superman, Clark Kent, and he's starting to feel it as a bit of a kind of a, a weight around an albatross around his neck. So he wants to make a prestige piece. He wants to make Street Smart, a movie which is notable today for launching the career of Morgan Freeman. Oh. He also says, Look, I want to do Superman 4 but I want Superman four to matter. I want it to be about something. I wanted to, to say something about the state of the world in which we live. I want it to be an important movie. And so Canon say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take, we'll, we'll make the movie. We'll let you be kind of director. We'll let you be kind of the driving force on it. Apparently they ask Reeve if he wants to direct. Um, According to rumors behind the scenes, this is because the Canon Film Group already asked Richard Donner and Richard Lester. Both of them said no. Reeve says, "Eh, I'm a little bit too inexperienced to direct. He does end up doing some second unit footage, but they end up basically hiring, they try to hire Wes Craven. Craven does not get on with Christopher Reeve. They they hire Sidney J. Fury, who is probably best known for directing the Ipcris file. Uh, he's also directed movies like Iron Eagle from 1986. Um, and he's also directed The Entity as well, a reasonably well-regarded horror movie. And basically what happens after that is a train wreck slash tax embezzlement scandal. Um, as both Niall and Graham alluded, Superman 4 The Quest for Peace is a notoriously cheap movie. It had an allocated budget of $40 million. The actual budget that was spent on the movie was $16 million. Canon took the remaining $24 million and split it across the rest of their projects in order to make them look slightly more expensive. While they were producing this, Canon also ended up severely in debt and almost had to shut down. They managed to use the Superman rights and Superman name and the promising release of a blockbuster starring Christopher Reeve's Superman to leverage i think 76 million dollars of investment from Warner Brothers. Now, in most cases you would assume that you would allocate the 76 million dollars that Warner Brothers had given you into the blockbuster Superman for the Quest for Peace. Instead, they decided to distribute it evenly across the 36 movies that they still had in production at that moment oh, in time. Oh my
3: heart.
1: Is is that more movies than they had uh, previously? It's,
2: it's in the more stories? than they
0: had. That's that's twelve to go to thirty-six, that's forty-eight films. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, yeah. That hurts my heart. Yeah. So yeah, so basically, so that is how we end up with the situation where this is. As Niall pointed out, a lot of this is shot in England. The Kent Farm, I believe, is outside Hertfordshire. Um the UN is located in a car park. Um but <laughs> It is a notoriously cheap movie. It's to the point where they cannot afford or they refuse to pay for the technology they use to make Superman fly in Superman, Superman 2 and Superman 3. The Canon film group is too cheap to pay to use the same level of technology they did in 1979. So the flying technology used here dates back to the 50s because that was all that they would pay for. Um, So yeah, that is a sense of kind of where we are in terms of like Mm -hmm. Superman for the quest for peace and its production and how much it costs. Meanwhile, apparently there is chaos taking place behind the scenes, although Reeve is not technically directing the movie to any observer who is watching. Um, it is very clear that Reeve is in control of the movie. Margot Kidder has talked about how it was very disconcerting for her to watch like one of her closest friends effectively have a breakdown and get into repeated shouting matches with the director. Um And you have this incredibly passive-aggressive stuff happening behind the scenes. Like you have the story of how um, John Cryer, who plays the role of Lenny Luther here, realized that they were running out of money. Because he signed up, he was a big Superman fan. He was like, this is going to be the big break that my career needs and deserves. And he talks about how, as they were filming, he would notice little things. Like the craft service table getting more and more meager. We would take less and less time each day we would get props that were increasingly crappy um, as they were going. (laughs) He recalls at one point, like after they'd finished shooting, after being told that they weren't going to finish shooting the script, he met Christopher Reeve out before the film's release, said, hey, aren't you excited? There's going to be a new Superman movie going out. The two of them went to lunch and Christopher Reeve told him quite bluntly to his face, the movie's terrible. It's going to be terrible. There's going to be no recovering from it. So yeah, this is this is this is where we are. Maybe it was Bizarro. Uh Bizarro yeah. Christopher Reeve here as well. Yeah. I mean, okay, so this is something I kind of want to talk about because I think both Niall and I think both Graham kind of touched on this. When we talk about like the bottom 100, the worst the list of the worst 100 movies ever made, it's a list with a very particular aesthetic to it. It's a list where I think there are things that aggravate people who vote on it and tend to get a movie downvoted um, quite extremely. And I I wonder if... Oh, yeah.
1: Have you you read some of the reviews? (laughs) They're, they're like, tough to... Like, these these people are not fun.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I don't know if you were listening for the last five minutes. I don't think any of this
0: is fun. Um, But... He- here's, oh God. here's the thing I want to throw out to the group before we like jump into the question before we jump into the spoiler zone personally tipping my hand I agree with Niall I think this is a better movie than Superman 3 I think this is a better movie than Superman Returns I wonder if a large part of the reaction against it and the argument that it is not only the worst Superman movie, but one of the worst superhero movies ever made is rooted in the fact that it looks cheap and is rooted in the fact that its special effects are not convincing and is rooted in that thing that you have uh, when we talk about comic book movies in general and superhero movies in particular, where the worst thing that a piece of media derived from a comic book can be for certain fans, not all fans, I'm not painting with a broad bush, but for certain fans, can be that it is embarrassing it's that thing that you get where adam west batman is effectively written out of the history of batman for two decades because it's goofy and it's silly and it's for children and it's embarrassing and i'm wondering is there a bit of that at play with superman for the quest for peace so niall i'm gonna ask you is like do you think like is that possibly a play when we look at the film's reputation, the fact that it is the only Superman movie on this bottom 100?
4: I see that's something I was thinking about after rewatching it this time cuz I am a fan. I'm not as I'm not so into comics nowadays, but there was a while I got really into reading the old the really goofy Superman stories, you know, the where, silver age. Yeah. Where Superman
0: when, will make like, Lois marry a gorilla.
4: Yeah, or Jimmy Olsen uh, turns into a giant turtle monster. And this is kind of that. Like I think this is a pretty perfect tonally take on that stuff. And I, I I struggle with the special effects thing, because I've seen, I think, all the superhero films that have come out in 2021. And I've like for modern special effects, I think they've all been pretty rubbish. Like, at no point am I do I believe anyone's flying, you know? So when I see this and I don't believe anyone's flying, it doesn't really affect it for me, because it's I don't know, it's part of like the, the belief of it. It's like playing into it. So no, I um I think a lot of this film's reputation is down to just how cheap everyone knows it is. And just from what you were saying about the way a uh, canon would allocate money to films like that, is I loved that. I wish that's how Marvel were running their films, you know? Because like, while Golden Globus were making all these uh, like schlocky action movies, they'd also just like make a John Cassavetes movie out of nowhere, you know? (laughs) Like, they had this weird desire to be art house as well. And you get some really, genuinely good movies out of that. Well, I think they're all good, but that's just me, you know? I'll concede to some of them. But yeah, no, I think this film's reputation is damaged by that. And yeah, this is a weird... Like, when you look at Nuclear Man, he looks ridiculous, but... Like, look at any comic book character for the most part. (laughs) Like... Just because he's got long nails, I don't know. Then Wolverine became popular. He has long nails. <laughs> it's all the same nonsense to me. But maybe I'm turning to an old man who oh. likes his Superman forward a quest for peace too much.
0: So, so Graham is Nuclear Man the same as Wolverine? But no, like, is there some? Is there perhaps something to that? Like, is there? Does Superman 4 The Quest for Peace get a little bit of that pressure, you think, because it looks cheaper, as opposed to because of anything to do with its actual content? Is it embarrassing? Like, is, is that where that comes from, that reputation, perhaps?
2: There is definitely a little embarrassment. I I know I felt a little bit of it, because <laughs> when I was growing up, it was very difficult to convey to people uh, why I loved these fictional characters in that and this is the lightning rod of people going that's why it's stupid that's why you're uh idiotic for loving it and yeah there there is that now i didn't think this back when i was a child but god damn it watching it watching it two nights ago i did feel a bit of like not shame but <laughs> like i i don't know it just i didn't care I didn't care for it because I could feel the cynicism oozing out of the screen and oozing out of performances from Gene Hackman, uh, Christopher Reeve, and Margot, uh, Margot Robbie... I'm sorry. Margot uh, Kidder. Margot Killer, excuse me. Who... who if, you, if you compare them to the first film, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird comparisons between 4 and uh, yes. Superman 1 uh, that are eerie uh and also unapologetically uh unoriginal um and it's just it's just them going through the motions and it's so plastered on the screen that it that it um it hurt me now to be fair when I say hurt me I am inc- I am emotional to the point of I can be incredibly overdramatic at times when it comes to how I feel about fictional characters all you have to do right now is look at the tweets uh, that I'm talking about Wheel of Time that's coming out soon uh and every bit of media that comes out about that but Yeah, I did feel a little, now, now watching it, I do feel a little bit of it. I I, I would disagree with the Batman thing with...
0: The Adam West nineteen sixties. Yeah, because Adam West and them had complete
2: sincerity when they were making that. They knew what they were making. And it is a love letter to a specific part of Batman's canon, a specific part that people adore of Batman. I don't think... uh, Now, when Niall did point it out, and yourself as well, Silver Age... I did notice some of the things especially when i believe they made a comic of this as well with nuclear man in it and yeah it feels harking back to that the problem is then when you go to the film the film just it just continually goes back to the cynicism and the and the sheer fact that i don't think anyone was having fun on this except maybe john Cryer, but god bless him i think that's because he was so young and had no idea at the time compared you know compared to everyone else well, i mean we should so. we
0: should acknowledge this is christopher reeve's passion project like it is entirely fair to say that hackman was there purely for the check um and mm-hmm. hackman is all but conceited seems
1: like he's having
0: he, fun he no? is yes
1: I feel like he's he a is. great
0: actor definitely yes Yeah.
1: Um, But, like, Reeve... Very charismatic. Reeve is... Very funny. Reeve is,
0: is like, this is Reeve's passion project. This is something that he sincerely believes. And, I mean, like, he's talked about how, like, his inspiration for this came from, like, two events that happened on the same day in August 1985. He was narrating a documentary on a group of 12-year-old schoolchildren who interviewed the State Department officials and Russian government representatives about the fear of living in the nuclear age... And on that same day, Samantha Smith, who famously wrote the letter to the Kremlin asking them not to, like, nuke the planet, she also died. And, like, that, like this is something that Reeve feels very genuine and very, kind of, passionate, very involved with. Um, I think, like, I mean, to be fair, Reeve also acknowledged that working with canon could be tough. I quite like this quote here where he says, They're like the guy who flies tourist and wants first-class service. I admire their recklessness in buying into Superman, though they do like to nickel and dime you on paperclips, which is quite the quote from like the press for the movie. This is like while he is trying to sell the movie, he's like, Mm. by the way, (laughs) they're flying tourists and they want first class service. And again, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned the embarrassment of it because Reeves' actual quote, um, and, and like this is the thing that he said, it's like, the warmth... Because the, I think Grahams mentioned he prefers Superman 3. When Reeve was doing press for the Quest for Peace, he would say, the humor, warmth, and romance of the Superman movies have made them different. Without parodying the characters as Superman 3 did, this will be the funniest. I didn't subscribe to the style of Superman 3. So for Reeve, mm. this was very much a return to form for the Superman movies. Uh, we should also note that, like... As we pointed out, there were some difficulties during production where they were not able to film all of the scripts, as John Cryer noticed. And there was also very famously a terrible test screening um, where the original cut of this movie is was one was one hundred.
1: Why did they even have a test screening? <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: That costs no, money. Yeah, exactly. Well, Warner Brothers insisted so, on the test oh, screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, because Warner Brothers right. were going to distribute it. <laughs> it's like, I think
1: Canon took the money yeah. and, and, like, showed and some of their the other And they were the test movies. screenings. Yeah. yeah. And held
0: 34 <laughs> simultaneous test screenings. Um, yeah. All yeah. with the same budget. But no, I mean, so yeah, the original cut of this movie was 134 minutes long, right? So two hours and 14 minutes. Um, and apparently, like, it included an entire subplot involving a different nuclear man? Yeah. The proto-nuclear man, which sounds interesting. Interesting is probably the adjective that we would go. Um so
1: I don't know. I, I like I I I feel like um they they probably did a they like it's it's a difficult thing because it's a counterfactual. Yeah. Like we don't we don't we don't have the the other movie. But I feel like the the this this felt like a kind of um, like I I think its shortness kind of yeah. worked for it. <laughs> N- I think I, is I, nodding enthusiastically. It, 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 it's it's kind of inc- it, is mouthing it, yes. Like the
3: yeah, the yeah.
1: criticism you could kind of make of it is that it might be kind of like inconsequential. Graham is shaking his head and saying but, no. But, but but that it's kind of like an episode of Lois and yeah. Clark, I guess a little bit. It's, and, a, and, it's a
2: late season CW episode. <laughs>
1: Right, yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that's absolutely fine. Like the 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 thing that it kind of reminded me of that we've done movie-wise lately is Temple of Doom, where I I listened to somebody talk about it. Now I didn't like Temple of Doom, and I felt like it needed to be like a uh, movie that tells a story for somebody who who mightn't have seen the other kind of um or mightn't be fully on board, um. But it is—it's a it kind makes, of like an episode yeah. in in mm-hmm. a in a and and it's 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 a bit of kind of an adventure, an
0: actual issue of superman. Yeah. yeah, And Shame it's the fourth okay, film, and, and and okay, so like, and it's worth like the.
1: But isn't that okay to do what, that in the in the fourth film, like
0: the like that, that okay? I, I want to kind of come back to that in a second because I just want to know like what visual effects like supervisor Peter Ellenshaw said because this is important in terms of its release. They had <laughs> but <laughs> Well, again, Ellen Shaw's situation Ooh. is that, like, he was a matte painter who became the visual effects supervisor because Canon would keep saying, we want this to happen, <laughs> and people would say, that's insane, there's no way to do it. And then Cannon would say, "Don't let the door hit you on the way out." So El- Ellen Shaw's interview, whenever he's asked, is largely like, "Yeah, I mean, I was told I had a week to do the Statue of Liberty careening down a street, so that's what you get when you give somebody a week to do the Statue of Liberty careening down a street." you did a good I- I job. I mean, like, yeah, did all right. right.
2: Like for a matte painting.
0: Yeah, to be fair, sure that
2: would explain yeah. why Superman, when he's flying, always looked like a matte. Uh, well, okay. Flag.
0: Well. Th- okay. Well. Well you mentioned superman flying we mentioned the technique one of the big things that you can tell that they're using the 1950s flying technique stock image. is well not only the stock image but stock also images. um his
2: an early version of a
0: gipper but did anybody notice his super nappy so um his because of the harness the harness has to be uh, pants on oh, so you'll oh, notice yeah. that like in certain shots his cape is sewn into his pants In other shots, it just appears like he has a—he's a very thick Superman at certain points during this movie, Mm. and at other, Nyla's Nyla's nodding approvingly, Uh, and you'll also notice (laughs) like in certain shots, it looks like you can see that the uh, red underwear is like stitched together or kind of woven together with duct tape in order to hold Christopher Reeve in as it flies. Um, so yeah, that, I that's- need to
1: watch this again and focus
4: specifically <laughs> on his
2: ass.
0: Listen, <laughs> he's moving at very fast speeds.
4: The suit cannot contain all yeah. of the. Uh, but he's farting at fast speeds. He but Used to go all around. those bad
1: boys. The- Actually, no. I was about to say he doesn't have time to use the toilet. Like su- <laughs> Superman can do things really quickly. Does Superman ever go to the toilet and then and then realize that he's made an awful mess? <laughs> <laughs> um, no have to like start over again i'm sure you, you don't even notice
0: or is it like this, a plane is it like you is, know, does like, he come out like and say you,
1: I'm, s- s- I'm sorry i cleaned up and it's like you shouldn't have just said anything maybe, We wouldn't. maybe, have maybe he goes
0: to the moon I'm, maybe just go to the it's moon more like a plane as well because remember when planes used to just kind of you know over the ocean just release uh material Anyway, sorry, so this is a tangent upon a tangent upon a tangent. Yeah, he takes off his entire... <laughs> much, like this, much like this film. But to bring us back to like the, the Ellen Shaw's observation about the like test screening of it. So the studio had recruited people who, had been, who hadn't been told what film they were going to see until they were seated in the theatre.
4: And they didn't know when they just left.
0: <laughs> just before the screening, it was announced they were about to view the next Superman movie. The audience was thrilled. They applauded and cheered. Expectations were, to say the least... Very, very high. Well, this was a rough cut, and even though it still had Nuclear Man 1 in it, the story was still kind of clunky. It just kind of plodded along. Most first cuts are like that, usually too long and unrefined. Unfortunately, the audience was usually disappointed, and by the end of the film, the people who hadn't walked out jeered and booed, some even threw things at the screen. It was pretty depressing to all concerned. Then doesn't sound it with that upbeat tone. Then, when word of this reaction got back to the bigwigs at Warner Brothers, they just took it as an excuse to give up totally on the film. Word came down to make be- <laughs> word came down to make wholesale cuts. No refinements were attempted, and it just got pushed out into quick release without any studio support at all. They cut their losses and deserted it. And this is the thing I kind of want to talk about a little bit before we jump into the spoiler zone about like Superman IV: The Quest for Peace. It is unimaginable that a studio would do this today with a superhero blockbuster like this. Where they would literally say, it is beyond salvation, just release into theaters whatever you have. Because you end up with situations like Joss Whedon's Justice League, where they will invest the own budget again to try and fix it and to turn it into something salvageable. Rather than just kind of cutting their losses and walk away... And it's kind of interesting watching the Quest for Peace to go back to... You might do it with cats. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now if it was Catman, the movie, that would be a very different proposition, I think. But like, Mm. I mean, is there like, again, and this comes back to something Andrew said and something that Graham said, like Andrew pointed out, you know, it's like an episode of like Lois and Clark. Graham says like a CW show episode or it's like an issue of the Silver Age comic. Is there something in that? Like, is there something in like the disposability of the Quest for Peace where it doesn't Feel like it's a big event it doesn't feel like it's a big blockbuster it feels like something that is is kind of like unlike anything else is there something to be said for that perhaps to bring it back to i think niall kind of mentioned the special effects and the blockbuster and that sort of stuff how does this feel compared to modern blockbusters for you as a canon films aficionado
4: oh sorry i wasn't prepared for that at all <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed my own name being said you're Nile. I'm like a dog. Does <laughs> anyone else elf. notice that? I, I, quite <laughs> I was trying to think
1: it. of great.
4: Oh, oh God damn it! Why didn't I do that?
1: <laughs> I was trying to think of good uh, Superman names. I couldn't. Um...
4: Yeah, I suppose for like for modern context, the closest thing I can think to this was um I saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which kind of benefited from having this kind of just own story. And just like almost a 90-minute runtime as well. I didn't like mm-hmm. Venom 2, but I appreciated it. <laughs> I did. At least for, you know. very good. heard good just being...
0: Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It's the best yeah. rom-com since I Crazy, loved it. crazy uh, Rich Asians.
4: I suppose I should I should recontextualize. I don't think I've liked any superhero movies this year. <laughs> so Ven- Venom 2 is fine in its own company. Have you seen The Journals? Yeah, that was, oh my God. What <laughs> Thank a, you. That was a nightmare. I but, think uh, you memorably <laughs> described it as a
0: movie named after its own runtime
4: oh yeah 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 yeah, you did man i'm good i should quote myself (laughs) but uh why do you need to you have darren yeah that's true my my alter ego but uh I (laughs) i think it's nice you can just go to a movie like this it feels i've not watched a lot of them but you know like the old superhero serials where it's very much just hero villain you fret by the end of it the villains in jail hero flies away and i quite like that it's not trying to be much else so I, I'm with uh, Andrew, like, this longer cut doesn't sound better to me. Mm. I like that it just gets to it. It's got, like, a weird sexy romp with Clark deciding to date two women for no reason other than to get his We'll come on. back to that, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah. But I, I know. And it for all we say, like, I know Graham was saying it, he thinks it's kind of a cynical film. I think, mm. like, I know it doesn't tackle any of its issues terribly well or in depth, but for a movie like this to just decide like to have a go against fake news in the eighties and like nuclear war and all that, you know, I think it has its heart in the right place. Where it's like conversely, when I watch Superman three, it is just here's Richard Pryor. Isn't he funny? <laughs> you know, it's not very interesting. <laughs> he is funny. Sorry. <laughs> it's just it's not very interested in like heroism. Or, or anything. Like yeah like like superman 3 is
0: a movie that opens in an unemployment queue and somehow has nothing to say about the reagan era which is stunning to me
4: yeah yeah it's just crazy it's this movie i don't know it's got it's got a charm to it for trying and it makes me sad that it's it gets such vitriol you know
3: yeah
1: and, and i'll definitely kind of stand up for the kind of um values of this movie I think I think it's very easy for kind of piecemeal movies to seem a bit kind of naive, because I and, and I think that says more about like our own kind of cynicism, maybe. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 um, I'm and and I I'd still agree with Niall that that maybe it doesn't deal with it especially well, um, but it's maybe not 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 kind of something that is easy. To, to, to do well I guess
4: and it's like a beautiful like silver age just the fancy. Sorry, just the imagery of him literally putting all the nukes in the in world a in a net. big net and throwing it in yeah. the sun uh, and that's just like that's just charming to me I would love it if like more superhero films were willing to go to that level of just showing like ridiculous feats that i think would speak to a child of that era you or know? like luther mm. like
0: creating nuclear man by strapping a lunchbox to a nuclear bomb like without after
4: yeah after stealing superman's pube from a museum yeah. using i using... have i have many issues yeah, with yeah that we'll, we'll come back we'll come
0: back to that in a moment i mean here's like again and we, we kind of mentioned how little attention was paid to superman for the quest for peace here's another quote from ellen shaw talking about like meeting with um we mentioned uh golem Men- menaham golem the kind of like one of the two heads of canon they didn't know what the movie was when we were in production, and Menahem would get it confused with other movies. On the few times he would come over to England, he never showed up on set, we'd have to visit him and eat grapes in his hotel suite. We'd talk <laughs> about the underground sequence, and Sydney and I would say, who's going to tell him there's no underground sequence in this film? Um, just to give a sense of how little people cared for it. But I mean, that wasn't the first um, one. It was I-
1: the subway scene. Which which looked like it was made in London.
0: It was. (laughs) It It wasn't (laughs) in London. That was the chip.
1: I was kind of confused about that. I was thinking, well, she's practicing her French. So maybe it's the the metro.
2: But um, but this does look like
1: London. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's a fictionalized city. It can be a mishmash of cities, even though it's supposed to be New York the new york of the dc I universe mean, like, kind of
1: and and new york is in this movie as well yeah and not that interesting right and and it it made me wonder about the geography of um uh, metropolis too
2: oh well metropolis the, the, that's the really funny thing is the dc universe is literally fictional cities on top of the real world so new york exists but new Chicago york exists, also exists, exists in this
0: also exists and gotham yeah. and metropolis so like, exist separately as well even though they're both
2: conduct multiple cities like they they basically like expand america and other fictional cities Yeah, i think uh, gotham you know, is technically
0: in that. jersey isn't it There's something that yeah. checks out
2: yes yeah it's like it's a it's a it's across it's across the bay from uh metropolis
0: sometimes but like Depending Depending on on which like Connecticut
1: go. like New Haven. Mm. Or... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no, that's Coast they never City. get a they never get a proper thing but like I think actually to bring it back to something Andrew said there because again, like it's interesting that one of the big arguments we're having is whether or not this is a cynical or idyllic kind of film like Andrew's entirely right. this is a movie that exists very much in opposition to a lot of the movies of the time and like the l a Times review from nineteen eighty seven makes the argument that like, look. You know, Reagan era cinema is dominated by movies like Rambo and Top Gun these gung-ho portrayals the kind of masculinity and military industrial complex and all this sort of stuff so it's it's interesting to have superman 4 which is such an earnest and sincere movie literally called the quest for peace and sensitive about giving peace a chance like being anti-war being anti-nuclear um and all this sort of stuff and like again it's notable that like okay we'll come back to no spoilers we won't get into too too vaguely but i do think that like I think this is a very sincere movie, and it's interesting that it emerged at a time where, like, even the liberal movies, so to speak, of the era were movies like, say, Robocop, for example, or movies like Platoon, which were very brutal and very cynical and very violent and very, like, horrific in making their points. So it's kind of interesting that you have instead here the quest for peace in 1987 being surprisingly gentle in in.
2: I know, hey no, hey no. Superman did get scratched in the back of the neck. Yeah, but they, they, I mean that's that, exactly that's,
0: like Platoon. I mean that, that, that my favorite actually, moment in Platoon yeah. is where like
2: you saw what my, it did. Hey, you saw what my it favorite did to moment him.
0: in Platoon is where Willem Dafoe runs out of the jungle and stretches his arms out as the Viet Cong scratch the back of his neck.
2: I'm just saying, you saw what the scratch did to him. Yeah, the, the, the,
1: that that kind of adds to the the kind of contrast between this and other movies. I think. Because it it's, 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 uh, Superman is, 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 sorry. I mean, I mean, we're, 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 we're jumping ahead. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it a later okay.
0: on. Okay. All right. Well, I guess then that's a the cue then to, to start the three questions and get us into the sports zone as quickly as possible. Because I think we've talked about it as broadly as we can. So, uh, Graham, as our Superman expert, mm-hmm. do you think that Superman 4, the quest for peace is one of the worst 100 movies ever made?
2: No, no, I don't. Um, to be one of the worst, you need to. There needs to be a certain level of quirkiness, and I don't think this film has that. So, no, I do not think it is the one of
0: the worst. And Nile,
4: um, well, I'd, I'd be the opposite on that. Not in the sense I think it's bottom hundred. I really like this movie.
0: Like, <laughs> this is a top two hundred fifty like movie. Is this is one of the best
4: known. <laughs> it, it could be maybe at least in my top my top ten canon films, which is. A list with more competition than you'd think, <laughs> but no, definitely not. But I'd think um, for me, bottom hundred movies, it wouldn't be about quirkiness because I think the quirkiness can elevate something that would be bad into a more interesting film. Like I, I couldn't just to use it as the most broad example of like a bad movie. Like I couldn't put The Room in the bottom hundred because I think it is genuinely an interesting movie to watch and it's be- it's actually beautifully shot. And I think this is just too interesting where something i find really boring or i i've seen gray um sorry gray, um darren you've reviewed the new ghostbusters on letterboxd mm-hmm. and just the impressions i get off that is this just kind of like hollow nostalgic whatever the whatever the hell and that is something that would be on a bottom hundred for me i haven't seen it i'm not having a go at the movie but just that idea you know we get a lot of films like that you, you have that's something you
0: have jumped ahead you've jumped on my point my point was this is not even the worst movie i've watched today <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. But, <laughs> it was funny because I saw someone else who had clearly been at the screening with you, and they said it was amazing. Can't wait to go second time. I was like, right, I need to see
0: what. Okay, Darren well, Paul- I'm <laughs> going to quote. My, I'm going to. I'm going to do what Nile won't, and I'm going to quote myself here. I'm going to say like, Ghostbusters Afterlife <laughs> is so beholden to nostalgia and so devoted to recreating beloved moments from Ghostbusters. I was initially surprised that there was no sequence where Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blowjob, but then I realized that's okay. Because Afterlife is like two solid hours of watching middle-aged men get a blowjob from something that is well past its point of expiry. That is my Ghostbusters Afterlife review. Oh, God. Um, it's cut-
4: beautiful, sorry. beautiful. I wouldn't have even tried to quote that. I wouldn't want to get any bit of that wrong.
3: <laughs> Poetry. <laughs>
1: um,
0: But no, I'm um, so
4: sorry it's, sorry.
1: it's Darren's blowjob speech. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yeah, they'll, they'll quote it for generations. Um, yeah. like- right, before
4: we, right before we leave the trenches,
0: <laughs> we'll hear the
4: Darren blowjob speech. Um, but sorry,
0: Nile, I cut you off there.
4: Oh, no, but the, yeah. I think I I may have said this every time I've been on one of these episodes about a bottom hundred film, but so far, all the ones I've watched, even Catwoman, which I came more around to the second time I saw it, I think it's got like its own energy. You know, I've never seen anything like Catwoman. I've seen some things comparable to this, but I think it it captures the spirit of comic books that I don't think anyone even wants to try anymore. Maybe Shazam a little, but aside from that, it's, you know, the Silver Age, I'm, god maybe
0: i am a nerd crap <laughs> uh, wait, we're gonna leave Niall to think on that but andrew do you think this is one of the worst 100 movies ever made Niall appears to be like we we're doing this over zoom nyle appears to be having a small crisis in his little box in the corner <laughs> of his yeah, <laughs> <of faith. laughs> andrew uh, would it be on do you think it's one of the worst 100 movies ever made
1: um no no i don't i um i don't think it's one of the worst 100 movies ever made it's um and i i've seen superman 3 i'm i'm kind of surprised that the like i thought this was going to be um it's like an escalation you know from (laughs) superman 3 where you're just kind of like because i i I don't i don't think i don't think that like richard sorry i was going to talk about superman 3 that's not what we're here to do no i don't think it's (laughs) It's uh, belongs <laughs> on the bottom one hundred movies. Don't you? It'd
2: be more fun to talk about your
1: <laughs> ever, 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 ever made. I, I, I kind of enjoyed this. I mean, it is crappy. Like the the yeah. the absolute cut of it. Um, hmm. For like, Let's it's far, not a good movie. Yeah. Like like the even like the opening credits. It's
0: yes,
4: like straight they're away like clip art. Just,
2: what did they do to the S?
0: No, what but the did they do to credits the S? Are
4: like clip Oh my art. god, it's amazing. They're like clip yeah. art. it's like a PowerPoint. Yeah. Like, By virtue of having the theme song, still it's better than yeah. the superhero, <laughs> right? Stuff and that, like, that carries it. That's the kind
1: of thing that, like, Star Wars always has that as well. It's like the John Williams score, like, and and the the, but they have a good crawl. Yeah, like what the, what what this could have done <laughs> this with um, is 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 a better kind of a, like an opening sequence that that uh, that that music deserves, I guess
0: by the way um it's worth noting that john williams i believe was double booked at the time um so and couldn't couldn't <laughs> commit entirely to making this movie he did provide did,
1: did tr- Cannon walk into like <laughs> <laughs> a restaurant was he scoring 34 he, w- he was there on his own and yeah. it's like oh I thought you were busy it's like oh <laughs>
0: oh this yeah. is awkward. but yes um he was he sorry was- he was working on um, different projects at the time. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something vaguely famous from, like, nineteen. <laughs> Super <laughs> important. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. That's what he probably I can't said remember that. what I'm working can on right score, now, but you, it's very you, important. Yeah. Can,
2: can, yeah, can you score this? Uh, yeah. I can't. I'm, vague. I'm doing he, vaguely uh, He did important.
0: provide three uh, key themes. So he provided uh, the theme for the female lead, the female romantic lead. He provided the theme for Nuclear Man. And he also, I believe, provided some Lex Luthor, Lenny Luthor stuff as well. was um, pretty
1: good, considering yeah. it's double booked. So he gave Lacey
0: a yeah, theme song. Um, yeah, uh, well, it's the it's the kind of sax porn theme that plays. Um, like mm. it, it's very 80s. Um, <laughs> but like, and then he he kind of like handed over the integration of that into his existing catalog of music to his good friend Alexander Courage, who listeners may know as the man responsible for the original Star Trek theme. Or at least half of the original Star Trek theme, because very famously, Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to the Star Trek theme in order oh, yeah. to like get half the copyright on it. One of those great Gene Roddenberry moves that lets you know he's a really cool dude. He wrote lyrics that will never be performed for the Star Trek theme, so that every time somebody tries to license it, he gets half of the money, uh, which is or his estate gets half of the money, which is kind of uh, you kind of have to admire. Um, <laughs> great George Lucas uh, It's move. right up there with again. Sorry, this is not. Well, a Star he, Trek.
1: Yeah. That is Star Wars yeah. um, it's the it's the Bill Murray sketch on Saturday Night Live about like Star Wars those crazy <laughs> Star Wars yeah. yeah
0: Um, I mean like yeah famously during the third season of the original Star Trek he wrote a scene where Spock talks about like infinite diversity and infinite combinations while holding a Vulcan medallion and he only wrote that scene because his own mail order business was selling that medallion directly to Star Trek fans um, and he wanted to be able to sell it using Leonard Nimoy as his pitch man. Um, Gene Roddenberry, a uh-huh. very, very interesting character. Um, but yeah, okay. So sorry to to bring it back um, to Superman for the Quest for Peace. No, I don't think this is one of the worst 100 movies ever made. I don't think it's the worst movie made starring Superman. I think Superman Three is a worse movie in terms of entertainment value. I think that Superman Returns is a worse movie in terms of well, turning Superman into a sex offender, starring a sex offender and directed by a sex offender. Um, I do think that uh, even the Justice League movie directed by Whedon is a worse movie. And as Niall said, a worse marker of where we are in the culture right now in terms of nostalgia, pandering, and the movies that we make. I, I honestly think Ghostbusters Afterlife is a worse movie than Superman for the quest for people.
1: What's your favorite sex offender movie?
3: Sorry.
0: <laughs> 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 be a lot of spacey films. Um, yeah all right um, sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's fair um all right then so and then not uh, sorry graham would this be on your own bottom 100 your own 100 least favorite movies you have ever seen
2: no i'm, go- I'm gonna be like really quick with this no no it's it's just again like super Superman. Su- no i won't say it. no superman for the quest for peace would not it is not interesting enough to be in my bottom 100 there is another Superman film that would be in the bottom 100, but I think we've talked about it too much now at this Superman point. 3, is it? Yeah, it really is, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's me. I just don't like... I think I, I rewatched Superman 4, I got bored. I mean, there again, it, it all goes back to the fact that Niall is right. There are some fantastic ideas in here, but they are smothered by a woeful uh, budget, by not great acting, and some completely terrible characters and and yet still it's not interesting enough Be, like it's it, it's it's a wonder, it's a strange contradiction because there are some really interesting ideas that were way ahead of their time um that were done in the comics in the 90s and the 2000s and i think are even touched on this might annoy you guys is kind of touched on in man of steel and that movie superman in se- in a sense i the um, no whole, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see so yeah, i knew this was gonna happen um <laughs> like how do i come onto this talking about superman 4 and be the one that's like oh everyone's defending <laughs> superman 4 except <laughs> for me love this
3: yeah <laughs> this is, this is like,
2: we're, is we're, we're real superman fans <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 we just, yeah, we just yeah, love
4: yeah.
2: him oh yeah um, so yeah, I, no, it's, no, it's, no, no, I don't like it. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? <laughs> oh yeah, it's not my button 100. That's the good <laughs> answer. No, it is not my bottom 100. Because, okay. because my button 100 would be fun. Oh, okay. you so it's, it's, bad movie island. It's bad
1: movie island. Yeah.
2: yeah. But yeah. The, and memorable. That was the
1: kind of, the, the, uh, justification for, for 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 bold questions <laughs> very different questions yeah. Greg <laughs>
2: yeah. you, should seen, you, should have, you should have seen Breed I was watching it with Breed last night and Breed hated it she just thought it was so boring and like and like she was she, she she can't obviously join in because she's um she's basically uh, prepping for uh, work but she she even said it she's like here's some notes that I wrote down please be sure to use them again to discuss this film. But that's how that's how intu- that's how kind of enthused she was about how the fact that this film is not but, good. Yeah. No, but even by it not being good, it's not interesting enough to be
0: engaged. I don't think. I, okay, okay, maybe I'm differentiating myself from Andrew and Nile here. I don't think this is a good movie. I just no, think it's, it's not an abominable and unforgivable movie. And I think oh, there yeah. are abominable yeah. and unforgivable Superman movies, and this is not that.
1: I I think yeah. you you can kind of sort of. Be in the room while it's on, or walking through, and sort of tell that it's not a good movie. Yeah. Oh well, we yeah. We had a test screen again. <laughs> No, my 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 fiance was like refusing to watch it, <laughs> but also it was, <laughs> she was like the cut of this movie.
2: The yeah. things
0: our partners do um, for us. And, oh. and Nile, um, if you want to respond directly to what Graham's saying, feel free. But would this be on your bottom one hundred, your own one hundred least no. favorite
4: movies? I, it's probably become really clear that I wouldn't be <laughs> over the course of this, but I, I think. Just the way I approach the bottom hundred, though, is all films I like actively dislike or don't yeah. want to see ever again. Whereas a lot of like my favorite bad movies are ones I'll come back to, you know. And this is this is there. I feel bad calling it a bad movie because there is a lot I like in it, and I think there is some creativity. Like we didn't really talk about it, but the, you know, he fights Nuclear Man. and It's slow and clunky, but I do love that they're just flying <laughs> around to different locations and just doing wacky stuff. I think it's really you know. Mean okay. like rebuilding. Okay. Well, yeah, the wall okay. Well, Chipping, we'll, 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 we'll do ice. that. In, we'll, we'll get
0: to that. We'll get to that stuff in a second.
1: Guys, we're only we're only we're only an hour in. Yeah. Please that, save well, let, these yeah. remarks the for later. the show that
0: Nile Nile introduced himself to the group chat, saying that he wanted this to be the longest non-Twin Peaks episode.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I like. I we're doing a minute by minute playthrough. Once yeah, we're done yeah. So <laughs> we
1: get to... And the commentary. <laughs> yeah.
4: How's yeah. it going?
2: so andrew what about
4: yourself
1: different things
0: <laughs> would this be on your own bottom 100
1: um would this be on <laughs> because i in the, in a minute by minute we stop it after each minute and, and we ask is this minute watched.
4: in yeah is this minute in each of the <laughs> is bottom the, your 100 yeah. worth minutes of cinema you don't
1: talk <laughs> over the movie yeah, yeah
4: i want it to be very much you know the documentary they did on the shining about all the room, theories room i want to do oh, for superman <laughs> 4 <laughs> play it backwards and forwards at the same time. overlay
0: it and see what happens yeah yeah no they, they um if
1: if it's bad movie island yes i would probably i would take this on bad movie island <laughs> and have it like sometimes like playing in the bar like with, <laughs> <laughs> with, with 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 no sound like it feels like it. it's a good kind of a a movie like that to be playing at a party i i like that um, like
0: bad movie island has been one of your diy projects you've built a <laughs> bar on there you've set up some infrastructure yeah it's amazing
1: what you can do with coconuts yeah um yeah um
0: and for myself no definitely not on my bottom 100 my least 100 favorite movies i've ever seen um again it's not a good movie but it's certainly not one of the worst or most objectionable movies i have ever seen um, mainly because I've seen a lot of movies. Um, and Graham, mm-hmm. before we jump to the spoiler zone, mm-hmm. if listeners have not seen Superman for the Quest for Peace, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device?
2: Yes, yes, I would. Um, I think just just to see it, just to have an opinion on it, and to to see are the legends true, or to to hear, to see firsthand. Uh, some of the most stupid decisions in a film that I have seen in a very long time. Uh, Yes. Yes. We thought it was a good idea to ADR Gene Hackman onto a man that looks nothing like Gene Hackman.
0: Yes. That is Mark, Mark Uh, playing uh, Mark pillow, playing pillow. Pillow, (laughs) He's called pillow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did, like it, it even it even it, that that whole scene even had me like up in arms with questions like, did he? What did he get paid? Did he get paid extra work? Did he get paid featured extra work? He doesn't have technically any lines. He, he didn't, reala- he he didn't realize Chippendale
0: on... um, <laughs> rates. Uh, call out rates.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. where did? Because I because I've I've worked as an extra and you get different rates depending on yeah, whether if you you're featured. What speak- if you have if an you...
1: insane body
2: like
0: <laughs> Graham, like what are you saying? Um... Are an insane body. <laughs> Listeners, let the record show Graham has an insane Graham body. Graham is stood up <laughs> and Thanks, is guys.
1: taking his shirt
0: off. <laughs> oh my mind. God. I had no uh, idea. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Definitely. Henry Cavill um, has
0: entered the group chat.
2: <laughs> Stop it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely stream it Uh I mean, it's all there on Sky. That's how I can watch them. All hmm. four films are there. All right. So, yeah, I would definitely stream it. Yeah. Am.
1: And we it, should, we should not TV mention Mark billow yeah <laughs> <in> <laughs> their description. Featured, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's like we we spoke about temple of doom and as we've already spoken about today, <laughs> but it says like features kind of yeah. you know depictions oh, did you, did you that mention? some uh viewers may may find offensive, and this is like um it says like if he Futurist we- West
2: Yorkshire former Chippendale Mark <laughs> Billow. <laughs> you didn't. I, I just realized you talked about
0: Robocop for a little bit and didn't tip the hat. Yeah, we didn't. I gave Andrew the setup there wow. for the obligatory Robocop reference. Yeah, no,
1: well, I was going to oh, say. Oh, we have like another the, one. Okay, well, let's keep that in I was going to make time. a Robocop oh, okay, 2 reference. Me. Yeah, let's keep that so, in it's, it's, it's the it's the idea of, of, of um, uh, Superman and uh, uh, being kind of. This uh, Boy Scout, because they talk about Clark Kent being the Boy Scout. It, yep. it re- reminds me of the part when they reprogram um, RoboCop with all of these mm. extra
2: directives. Ah, yeah, Boy Scout and, mode.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where he's saying, like, um, <laughs> where he has to promote, like, public transport. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> which which Superman has to do here yeah, as well, exactly. to be fair. It's, yeah. th- it's still the, 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 the safest the, way the safest, to jump. Yeah, yeah. God. All right. Well, well, we'll come back to that because I do think there is something to say there. I mean, just mm-hmm. in terms of Pillow, it's worth noting that Pillow didn't realize he was going to be dubbed by Luther until he actually saw the movie. Uh, um, also,
1: it's like a word, prose. That—that is what happens actually with regional English accents, I think, mm-hmm. in American movies. or <laughs> uh, regional British was Roy. Yeah. Ward- uh, Scottish
0: RP. Yeah.
2: I imagine Pillow w- screaming out of the script, walking out of the cinema, just like Gabriel Byrne in. Um, <laughs> in if in the usual suspect you know? You know the whole Kaiser Soze thing. That's what I imagine Pilo was like. Like, you, what? Is it my voice. And it's like, like no, Pillow seems very happy.
0: Him. Like, like he's the only person I could find that will talk about this movie. I searched high and low for interviews with. Well, multiple people are dead He doesn't have point, to
1: so. talk about other movies.
0: That's fair. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, he does have a lot of feelings about West Yorkshire Trip and Dale scene though. But unfortunately, that's mm. not relevant to the podcast. Also, discussing. I
2: imagine he gets a lot. I imagine he gets a lot of money now. Comic cons. I imagine he is sought after by many comic cons.
0: Yeah. He's uh, he's you know got a lot. Of... Anyway, never mind but Niall, <laughs> that. But Nile, Would that line, line down. Would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream Superman for the quest for peace? He. Oh, by the way, the
1: that. Sorry, Nile, for a second. <laughs> that fifty the the fifties uh, technology where they like hold hold your. Your ass by by a winch. He he just he just clutched it between his butt cheeks.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, that, that's why he doesn't have to wear a harness. He just exactly. Just yeah. Uh. Um, sorry, Niall, Follow that. Great segue.
4: A uh, pretty added. Uh, for the listeners, they're still talking about Mark Pillow, and that wasn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I could do it. Oh, no. It's a challenge. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question?
0: Like, Nile is yeah. no. standing up, and he appears to have a winch somewhere. Nile,
1: <laughs> Nile has died in a terrible ass accident. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. they,
0: now, the question was: Would you, if listeners have not seen Superman: For the Quest for Peace, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device?
4: Oh, I definitely would, but I would. I'm of the ilk that if you're going to listen to a podcast episode about a movie, you should probably see the movie because I think you're just missing out on a lot if you haven't. You know? No, I think it's definitely worth seeing. I myself rented it on Amazon Prime to watch it, uh, and I had love. I was surprised how nice the presentation of it is. Like, it's not an amazingly shot film; it's quite flat in places, but. It's it's cleaned up really nicely, and it's hysterical. They've put the the very modern Warner Bros. logo <laughs> yeah. on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. You see the effects in the film, but I do miss the old Warner Bros. logos as well. It's always nice when they pop up. That's a that's a real aside. But no, I yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out, especially if you're you know into your superhero stuff. I'd recommend trying to see all the Superman films. Absolutely, yeah, because if genre. nothing else, there's such an interesting spread of going from the first one to the newest ones and superman 4 is that midpoint where it's a bit of even though i hate this movie it's kind of like the die another day of the franchise or batman and robin to use another example where they realized things <laughs> had to change
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so when you hit a, a certain you know, rock bottom pretty much but i suppose i but i still prefer it to what they did after it mm-hmm. you know
0: i mean it is like again it's it's i do love that like art of- defining argument on Superman 4 The Quest for Peace is that the Warner Brothers logo sets unrealistic expectations for the movie that you're about to see but Andrew would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream it to a local device?
1: I would, I would I think the version I saw had the Warner's brother, Warner Brothers uh, logo at the end so it wasn't as jarring <laughs> I thought another movie was about to start but um, yeah I would recommend it I thought this was quite funny in 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 parts it's like an, an an entertaining um enough movie i think the things that are wrong with it are enjoyable in 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 a kind of a um in a way that uh, bad movies are enjoyable um yeah so the, the, i'd i'd recommend people um people watch it i don't feel like it was that long oh sorry i think it's, we it's covered this. it it's only 90
0: minutes like yeah 90 it's minutes it's 87 exactly. Yeah, that that's it exactly. And like, I, yeah, I I would completely I would forth that recommendation. And like again, it's it's interesting. Again, speaking of this, like looking at a superhero movie from nineteen eighty seven, these days even like the bad ones are still nearly two hours long. Even like Whedon's Justice League is two hours long. Even Fantastic is is two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, people seem to think now, if you watch a movie and it's less than two hours, um, or much less than two hours, you are being ripped off. again it's
1: that robert evans thing (laughs) from the kid who stays in the picture when like he was right but maybe people have taken this lesson where he went to francis ford coppola and says what is this make me an epic (laughs) it's like you know this is this is going to be like an epic he's uh, talking about uh, the uh, the godfather like this, this 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 has to be a longer movie
0: I, I love no. the idea of Menachem Golan wandering up to Sydney Fury and saying, "What is this? Make this an epic." Um, well, he did add the underground. But it's sequence. all the
1: Marvel um, people have seen. The kids' stays in the picture. Yeah, I guess.
0: Um, by the way, we like again, and it's worth noting. Like Nile mentioned this in terms of like God the God Canon Film right. Group. <laughs> Sorry, in terms of the Canon <laughs> Film Group, it's worth noting at the same Cannes Film Festival. Um. The the Canon Film Group made a nap Hotel Napkin deal with Jean-Luc Godard to make a film of King Lear that would star Woody Allen. That actually exists. With that in mind, we're gonna segue neatly into the spoiler zone. so nile what is superman 4 the quest for peace about for you
4: well i think it's all in the title <laughs> isn't it <laughs> job <laughs> superman, done superman, go Superman's home on the quest <laughs> for peace yeah. mhm yeah. pretty much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean I suppose we've covered the themes a lot already but um yeah for me it's it's kind of really it's a step back from what they were not step back sorry but they kind of saw it wasn't working before and went very back to basics, doing like a hyper condensed Superman story, and I think that really works in its favour for me. And um, am I answering this segment completely wrong? No, this one no, always no, me. It's, <laughs> no, it
1: is like fine. It, some people okay. describe yeah, the plot. Like other of them, people
0: yeah. are like, "This is the theme." Gener- oh, no. Generally,
1: it's kind of like you know. What, what, do, what do you want to talk the- about
0: with regards I, to Superman? 4? It's basically like the easy setup. Exactly, uh, up, and has just whenever gone. Oh,
1: whenever it's put to me, I always go for like dramatic. Mm-hmm. Oh. But just,
0: okay, okay.
1: I think ononism was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, okay. To, to bring it back though because i think like before we jump off we're going to come back to nile in a second nile mentioned something there that i think graham hinted at earlier and i think might be fun to draw out um this idea of like doing a back to basic superman story because like one of the things that i do think is a problem with superman for the quest for peace i know i've been very generous and very kind to it is that a lot of it feels very much like a retread of the original Superman movie. Um, things like, for mm-hmm. example, the sequence of Superman and Lois flying, which immediately calls to mind the original Superman movie, except much cheaper. And this time, he seems to like skim Lois like she's a stone through the air for some reason. She also falls far slower. Yeah, um, and and like, but you have the sequence where he stops the runaway train and he quotes the line, "It's still statistically the safest way to travel." Um, you have all this sort of stuff in the movie that feels very much like it's condensing down. All of the things that you know you associate with just being a Superman movie, and they're just there because it's a Superman movie, and that I think serves the movie's detriment because everything in this movie looks somehow cheaper and worse than it did like nearly a decade earlier in the original Superman movie. Graham, is that fair to say? Is that a, a decent point?
2: Uh, I'm I'm biased in the sense that I I love continuity. That's why when the MCU began. I was so enamored by it. I loved the continuity. I loved the fact that the world, all the characters were the same characters. And when the rare blip happened where there was a different character, I was a little uh, irked, you know. The obviously two that come to mind are Rhodey and uh, Bruce. But um, in this, there is such a sense of non-continuity at times that it just irks me and really shows my kind of, the inner, the like, the Geek in me really comes out in this film because like i I I didn't really care, I didn't really mind it in the first film, but now that they keep saying Krypton, I'm just like it's not, it's Krypton. Uh, also, how is the entire council of Krypton now I- I- able to talk to Clark in this in the um council in, in the uh, Forces of Solitude when it was just his dad that he had that his dad had uploaded and now his mom also talks to him, but we don't see his mom? Did they not were they not able to afford her? And, Graham and you know the like answer to that figured? question.
0: Like, you why yeah, you you know ask that you question? Answered. You yeah. know the answer why to I that asked, question.
2: Uh, why? Because I like screaming into the void. Uh- <laughs> I I found
1: I found parts parts of this movie a real kind of problem with the 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 logic of some of this Like, I at the very start of the movie, you see him like flying up into space and there's no like breathing apparatus or anything oh he doesn't there's, need there's, it there's there's a moment where he looks like right through um a shed <laughs> and, like you can tell that that's a solid shed and <laughs> oh, there's no the kind of windows no no no, no andrew's, yeah.
0: andrew's having a bit of fun graham andrew's making the point that you superman <laughs> does things that are not in continuity with what a human being is able to do
2: i'm not talking about in continuity <laughs> with human beings it's not about in I, continuity no no, no i'm, I'm
1: I'm not making fun of you, Greg. Uh-huh. I I want, I just wanted to do that. Uh, uh,
2: and the continuity of this happening in every episode and I'm the, in. Yeah, continues. The,
0: Andrew's list of Superman. Dudes. I did. I did. Li-
4: <laughs> why? Right. Why didn't? Why didn't Superman have any scenes with yeah. Clark Kent? That really. <laughs> yeah. <me>. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> all, <laughs> exactly. all right. All right. Watch it. Never Nile. They never intersected. Right. <laughs>
0: um. Okay. They, well, okay. Yeah.
1: I liked, by the way, the 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 the, the joke. Um. It's not, it's not. It's not. I I I I liked it. The back. Back home, they tell me to sing in space. I I, Uh, I did like that.
2: I I mean, like, that that
0: sequence was, like, the whole thing was, that sequence was, the opening scene was chosen because they wanted to open with an action beat to showcase the fantastic special effects that would drive this movie, which I kind of, well, compared to what would follow, yes. Yes, Uh, that's
2: what I meant. Yeah, and the crafty at that point. (laughs) Also, what I found funny about that scene, (laughs) I, I wrote it down, that Russian astronaut should have died when he was hit by that satellite. (laughs) <laughs> like, it, like it hit him full force and all his body I'm, like that sequence died.
0: was moved to the start part of me is wondering if like Superman didn't knock that satellite off course off course with his baseball <laughs> like if like we were seen shown that scene out of sequence Superman just throws the baseball into the sky knocks the satellite out of position but uh, okay. Whoops.
4: <laughs> I I just think it's really nice though because like this was '87, wasn't yeah. it? The film came out, and you know, Cold the, War, the yeah. Berlin Berlin War hadn't Berlin War hadn't fallen yet, you know. And he's, the first scene is him saving Russians and speaking mm, Russian. Good time. That was very it was that, Yeah, it,
0: was very, it worked yeah. very well. Like that the whole quest thing. for peace. Yeah. yeah, speaking speaking Russian. And again, I like the. He, he spoke. He spoke,
2: multiple, he spoke multiple languages in this. He spoke French, yeah, uh, Italian, and Russian in this film.
0: Well, he's a man of the world. Like, again, like, this is... Again, I, I kind of want... To, well, okay, we'll come back to the, the Kent Farm stuff in a second. But, like, if there's something I like about this movie... And I'm I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, Superman has to be a bastion of idealism. Or Superman has to be uh, perfect or represent the best of us. I think Superman should do whatever an artist writing Superman wants Superman to do... To tell the story that they want to tell and continue the themes they want to continue. Superman is a fictional character and can be anything to anybody... But I do find it interesting that you have a contingent of Superman fans online who are very traditionalist and who are very like, no, Superman should be the best of us, man. And it's like you look at Superman for the quest for peace, and this is arguably as close as any Superman movie ever has come to capturing the sense that maybe Superman is the best of us in that he like, yeah, it's very much about him wanting to be part of our world. Like, again, mm. it's it's all very crudely handled. Yep. There's not a great deal of subtext or consistency of theme. Nope. But there is this idea that he gives up the last part. Again, it's a recycle plot point from Superman 2, to be clear. Yeah. But he gives up the last bit of Krypton in order to protect mankind. He speaks to the UN and he says, look, I've been a visitor here for so long. Now I'm finally settling in. And you have, as you point out, little touches where he's learned Russian, he's learned French, he's learned Italian. Mm. That sort of stuff, like... I like that idea of Superman embracing his role as a mm. citizen of the world and, like, actually being an ideal that people can strive towards and actually doing good in the world. Mm. Um, and I think that, like, Quest for Peace arguably does that better than most of the other Superman movies, if we're being frank, for all of its myriad problems. Is that fair to say?
2: Yep. Yeah. Especially yeah, with the fact, so. like, he's very, like, it, it's a credit to Chris Christopher Reeve. He is still charming as hell as Superman like I would actually say there's a lovely there's a weird lovely scene when he is doing the double date and him and Lacey I think him and Lacey have more chemistry than him and Lois because there's a weird relate there's a weird relationship in with Lois and Superman in this film but weirdly I was engaged by Lacey and Clark who if you notice Lacey's journey throughout the film she gets progressively better as a person and as a journalist
0: because of which her it, time with Clark. Because of her time with Clark,
2: and not, it's not, not even Superman. No, Clark. and it's not even by. And also, she's attracted to Clark. She, she, um, like she, she finds him charming. She finds his uh, kind of doofus nature and his.
0: Um, I mean, Niall his, mentioned the Silver Age. She clearly wants some yeah. of that super dickery. <laughs>
2: Like, there's this, I don't know why I always laugh at the scene when he's about to get on the elevator with her and that cart comes by. And I feel like not not even Superman planned that. Like, it's just like the cart picks him up. And in my head, I'm going, that cart can't pick him up. He's denser than the planet. But then at the same time, it's just, it's so, it's so adorable that it just, it was just like, I forgot for a second. It's like, this is a really, the Clark moments are surprisingly fun. And then when the film's at its best is when he is trying to do the actual storyline of trying to better the world by taking care of um the nuclear the the nuclear problem that uh that is happening uh during the time and also i always like the idea of what happens when superman tries to really get involved with our planet because in the comics they always have the thing of he doesn't want to get too involved because if he does he knows that he could probably do a lot of good but there's always the chance that it could be you know it could be twisted and i like the fact that in this there's no twisting of it there's just He's just doing good for good's sake. And um, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's one of the elements I do enjoy in this film.
0: Well, I mean, there's that line when he's talking to, like, the Council of Krypton. And Mm. they say, you know, if you teach mankind to put their faith in you, then you are teaching them to be fooled. And I kind of like that. The and again, or betrayed, or to be betrayed, betrayed. Yeah, to be betrayed. <laughs> betrayed. And I kind of love that. Like, and perhaps this is a result of the movie's like incompetence. I'm actually I'm fairly certain it's because of the movie's incompetence. <laughs> um, but in most movies, like at the end of this arc, Superman would learn, man, I really shouldn't like gather up all of the nuclear weapons and throw them into the sun. Mankind he kind of
1: does. He kind of does. They're, 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 but he also he, kind he of he realizes that he can't solve the
2: problem no, not one man can
0: yeah but but at the same time the movie doesn't end with him handing the dukes back which i kind of adore <laughs> <laughs> like the- no well- <laughs> no but it,
1: it's it's not it's not the same kind of um it's not the, the as naive yeah. a kind of an idealism as he kind of starts
0: yeah. out with. also the all the nukes have been
2: like incinerated there's like
0: no, no chance I, those back. I, I know but like in most movies he would learn his lesson and he'd restore the status quo here he learns his lesson and also this world has no nukes anymore yeah uh, which i kind of adore. i would love to like
2: i they didn't address
0: <laughs> he that, the nukes back <laughs> yeah.
2: I, would, I would genuinely love to know because i said had to read what, what north korea was what, what would have been like in that film just just to know to see what that kind of part of this part of the world would be like, like no we're not giving them up it's like you're gonna to have to give them up
0: but well, to be fair nuclear proliferation in 1987 was a very different proposition than yeah. it is today I, to be fair
2: I,
1: f- I feel like the context of this is that Superman will kill everyone <laughs> like if, if they don't the we're not living
0: in the injustice world that's the subtext of his UN speech that's why everybody <laughs> volunteers to nominate him because yeah. they know what will happen if they don't <laughs> <laughs>
2: There is there is
1: no there is no real disagreement. Yeah. No. Actually, they start firing nuclear weapons, and it hasn't been established yeah. like, why they're doing it. Yeah. And I think like Reed. Th- oh, they thought that they were firing
2: nukes, and that he was stopping them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the nuclear war has just broken <laughs> out because you're
2: like,
0: <laughs>
1: if Superman's going to come for our, nukes
0: better use them while we, we can. we yeah, gotta get yeah. value. We've we spent a lot of money kids. on these nukes. Yeah, <laughs> we had to buy them off Pierre on the black market. Um, oh. But. Okay, but uh, I I do Jim Broadbent. Yeah,
2: <laughs> as fr- as French, they couldn't just make him English. Right.
0: Um, well, he, it's not as if he has that many lines. To be fair, that they yeah. had to worry it about. It also has him. a
2: weird. I noticed the film has a weird connection to Batman nineteen eighty nine. The actor beside him is Harvey Bullock, I think, out of Batman nineteen eighty nine. No, he's Eckhart. 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 Who was think of the Future? Think of yeah, the Future. <laughs> who is techni- <laughs> no. technically the Harvey Bullock of that film? I suppose you know a de- like he looks like i always saw him as the harpy bullock of that
0: film he's also porkins from star wars and yeah, the top to man guy from uh, Raiders of the lost ark as well mm-hmm. he's had a very interesting career uh, mm-hmm. one of those great american british actors yep. um but like yeah i like that's the thing that i find really interesting about this is that like you have this idea of like what if superman settles down and again i think and again part of me also thinks that there's a bit of kind of well screw you happening with the script as well, where like you can tell that Reeve, who's kind of driving the movie, um, and the writers who are like Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal are kind of having a go at Canon. Because like the opening sequence on Earth is the Clark Kent you know the Kent farm has been mortgaged and like it's possibly being going to be sold to make a strip mall for example it's Superman kind of touring the ruins of what was once this wonderful family estate and just picking through the wreckage to see if there's anything of value left there that he can possibly exploit or find or harness for himself and there is and there is a my that saves his life There is a wonderful little get crystal there that he can kind of like steal the plot of Superman 2 from. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do also then love that you go to, and again, this is something Niall mentioned, we then go to uh, Metropolis, and you have this plot, which again, completely lost in the edit, doesn't entirely hold together, but is still very interesting thematically, where not only is the kent farm like foreclosed and being kind of sold on and like you know clark is trying to figure out how to wring something of value from it you also have the daily planet being purchased by uh big daddy warfield um who's like sam wanamaker um and you have like this idea of as, as nile said kind of like fake news which is very interesting in a movie from 1987 i think nile you want to talk to that or
4: uh, oh i don't have too much to add on that uh... To be honest, I, I I have a weirdly like soft spot for that whole Daily Planet uh, C Z story, <laughs> which only comprises of three scenes really of just Perry like, White rides an escalator, up.
3: yeah.
4: Right, so goes to the bank and just gets it back. That was that did feel like they got Tommy Wiseau to do a pass on that, mm-hmm. just with his understanding of how things work. But I don't know. I wish there were more. Um, I wish more of these films had more like daily planet stories mm. it's like i'm a sucker for journalism and all that so i'd like i know this has nothing to do it at did all. you
2: ever did you ever watch the lois and clark adventures because that had like that was literally the the daily planet series because that what? was all they ever did
0: what's 90s television PM? i know but you that's only what I mean, have like, so much did, money
2: i know but did not no no that's um, that's not a criticism that's me saying like if nile's looking for those daily planet stories that's what the Lois and Clark adventures were. They were literally them always on the, the hunt for the next scoop, always investigating. And yeah, that is very true. So just, just shoot
1: that's... me. But <laughs> it with, is. With superheroes.
2: Oh, I thought
4: you got fed up. I
2: didn't know what that
3: was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, just uh, shoot me. <laughs> you really don't like the day plan. Because
2: it's really interesting. No TV show, except for maybe Smallville towards the end, has done that where they just become reporters. And if Niall is looking for something like that, then yeah, I would recommend the Lewis and Clark adventures, especially the early seasons. They like, were all about reporting.
0: I love the fact that like the movie's understanding of business finance is as complex as this understanding of like international relations mm-hmm. where David, like where Warfield shows like... up and he's like, you weren't paying attention. I bought the company out from under you. And then like Perry White shows up at the end. He's like, yeah, well I bought more <laughs> stock. So now I control the company. I bought a majority interest and it's Okay. how How much much money does
2: perry white have
0: (laughs) well no it's more like like if warfield had like secured a majority stakeholding statistically unless they like did an ipo or anything like that there's like how does the math work there i just bought more stock that was the bit that was Mm. yeah that was like that was an entire that was in in the nightclub
2: scene with with uh proto nuclear man it's like didn't you get the (laughs) money
4: nice (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit like the kent farm thing as well Mm. because He has this weird thing where he's like, "Oh, I only want to sell it if it goes to someone who's going to keep it as a farm." Yeah, it's like, "Well, don't sell it because that's ridiculous." You can, <laughs> you could do anything, Superman, but you can't control the housing market to that degree. <laughs> Why
2: don't you just <laughs> till the farm? You have the time. Um, it
4: would yeah, it would take twenty seconds for you.
2: So. <laughs> um, like,
0: and it's worth noting, by the way, that like again, victim of the cut, the relationship as Graham mentioned between Lacey and Clark. Like there was like that sequence where Clark and Lacey go to the gym. That was meant to be part of an entire subplot that would have them kind of doing that night again, Nile mentioned Making quiche. Yeah, Niall mentioned wanting like more Daily Planet stuff. Mm. Like there was going they were going to do that whole like Metropolis after dark sequence. And by the way, like worth noting, and this is maybe just me, I'm curious if you guys had the same problem. When I watch this, the version I have, I find it difficult at times to hear the audio over the music. Um like it's sometimes hard to make out what characters are saying over the background music playing. Uh, um, no,
2: I, I I had no problems. There was a okay. point in the film when it got really grainy. Okay. Which was strange for me for my version, but that could be sky. But yeah, no, I I found my version was pretty much okay. per- perfect
0: for the film that it was.
1: Cuz one of the bits I can't comment I o- I always watch movies with subtitles. Okay. Cuz
0: it... like the moment where like Lacey invites Clark into her office and she's kind of sitting on the desk, Mr. No one sits on the desk style. like that um like and and like you have the full yeah. 80 saxophone playing
1: this is a desk posing this is a sexual harassment yeah. scene
0: yeah no i, I again i had definitely following the dialogue i was like wait this is a different sort of man of steel than i was expecting it to be i have to admit um this is disclosure yeah <laughs> there's a sudden very sharp turn unfortunately we had to delete that subplot in the edit um but yeah okay so and This is what I kind of want to... One thing that I want to touch on, actually, because I I think Graham brought this up. The extent to which this borrows from earlier Superman movies, and in particular, the moment where... So, a kid writes to Superman, and again, I I thought this would be the kind of like RoboCop reference that Andrew would go for. Because obviously, RoboCop 2 is about what happens when a psychotic 12-year-old kid takes control of the most powerful man in the world. That is what happens in Superman for the Quest for Peace, <laughs> where a 12-year-old kid writes a Superman and gets Superman to, like, unilaterally disarm the entire planet. Um, but the sequence where Superman... And
1: new <laughs> is an, an, another su- uh, uh, yeah. Robocop 2 yeah. reference. <laughs>
0: yes. um, but, like, the sequence where like Superman is having thoughts about this and he goes and he visits Lois um, and he, oh, like, this. reveals his... What? This scene. Oh my god. But well, this is the thing, Graham. I, is it? I don't think this is exceptional. I think this is an interesting angle into talking about Christopher Reeve's Superman, right? Because so Superman goes to Lois's apartment, he reveals that Clark Kent is Superman, he takes her flying across the world, he bears his soul to her, she remembers everything. Somehow. Uh, implicitly including... Is there,
1: have mi have I forgotten about the... <laughs> Has, has it had the same effect
2: on me Maybe. i is
1: is, where is the amnesia come from?
2: uh he it's the it's kiss, a weird it's superpower yeah it's the it's the it's, it's the all infamous, kiss, kiss it's and forget it's the inhip, it's the infamous super kiss at the end of superman 2 turns out clark has a power that is never addressed in the films and is never in any of the comics or the cartoons uh <laughs> good to be fair uh where he kisses someone i i assume it's anyone and, um, Yeah, it is gender neutral. They, We're not. They lose, there. they lose their memory. And that's really awkward because that comes back to haunt him in Superman Returns, or haunts Lois. I, uh, yes, probably haunts Lois. Uh, and also, the fact is she loses like weeks of memories.
0: Well, that that's the thing is that like, how often do we think Superman has been doing this? Whenever he needs a quick pick, whenever me up, he... someone finds out he's Superman. They, no, no, no. But I mean, I mean, subconscious the, the bit, the
1: bit... as well. Still, yeah. Like, and kind of, <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> it's, it's troubling. It's yeah. very yeah. troubling.
0: Yeah, no, because she's like, wait, what am I doing? What am I doing outside? So she has a recollection that time has passed, and he's just wiped her memory. And this is the thing I want to talk about with like Superman, and this is going to make Graham very, very uncomfortable, the Christopher Reeve Superman, is the weird way in which like the Christopher Reeve Superman, particularly under Richard Lester, treats masculinity. And like its weird attitude towards how horny Superman is all of the time. So, like, okay, and Niall is, Niall is smirking here. So I mean, I get why... Okay, so Superman 2, right? Superman 2... Christopher Reeve's Superman reveals his identity to Lois. They go to the Fortress of Solitude. Superman gives up his superpowers. They have some super sex. They cuddle. It's fantastic. It's a great bed. Then Superman realizes he has to be Superman again. So he gives her the kiss of forgetting, completely wipes her memory of having sex with him, uh, and also revealing his identity, and then flies off. Then you have Superman 3, right? And Superman 3 has, like, black tar kryptonite, which makes Superman a bit of an asshole. In it, Superma- turns, it turns him into, it's red kryptonite. In Superman 3, that means that he becomes incredibly horny. So, like, in Superman 3, at one point, he hangs out, he tries to bang Lana to the point where, like, he's flirting with her while the train derails and people die. At one point, he finds the villainess sitting on the torch of the Statue of Liberty, and she's mm-hmm. like, I really want a diamond. He's like... What do you give me if I give you that diamond? And in the movie, he's like, you know what he's gonna give you if he gives you that diamond. Um, and then
1: here, you he goes, he's like Michael Fassbender in, in Shame.
4: What was um, it? What did he? What did she give him?
0: Uh, uh, a promise ring. A pr- and then you have, uh, you know, here you have like the implication that like every That's the diamond goes every. <laughs> Here you you have the implication that every time Clark feels a little bit uncomfortable, needs a little bit of a self esteem boost, he reveals his identity to Lois, flies her around the world, has his fun, and then like wipes her memory of it and leaves her feeling vaguely confused about it. I'm very
2: worried about her brain.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. Is that's when you get to like Superman Returns, because people think Superman Returns is an aberration, and people think that Superman Returns doesn't understand the Christopher Reeve Superman. I think it does. The oh, logical, and That's why you don't like it. The logical implication of Superman returns is that Superman like hooks up with Lois. Either it happens during Superman 2 or it happens during one of his uh I'm feeling kind of down, let's let's hook up and let's wipe your memory sequences from Superman 4. Well, I, he I... he flies off into space. He disappears. Lois discovers she is pregnant. She has no idea who the father of her child is she marries this guy superman shows up again he's like oh you have a kid he starts stalking her telling her like not to smoke it's bad for her health watching her 24/7 and like if you watch superman returns there's a the moment where like lex luthor figures out who the child of the who the father of the child is and he says do you know who that child's father is and you look at the reaction from lois and it's like she did not know who the father of that child was so you have this thing where superman is this deadbeat dad date rapist stalker figure in superman returns and that is threaded unfortunately through most of the christopher reeves superman movies i would argue which is very disconcerting henry
2: cavill's not looking so bad now is he he yeah
1: i feel i feel like george uh, um sorry uh, 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 (laughs) be careful uh, don't
2: bring george reeves name in here now no
1: (laughs) Chris Reeve, yeah. I feel, I feel like his he, he, his Superman. I felt like in Superman Four, Quest for Peace, is a celibate, and and that that um, he does avoid it like and, the plague. Yeah, and and that there's a kind of a softness to this Superman as well, because he 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 gets injured and he kind of uh, takes off to kind of you know um,
0: recover under the, under
1: the look after himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that 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 there it isn't kind of like him, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, standing up to um, to to nuclear man in spite of this kind of
2: like injury and yeah. kind of struggling. Ends up looking it, like
0: the it, Krypton it, keeper. He he prioritizes yeah. his own health. He he does that thing like yeah. he doesn't buy into it, that it, mask it, like and and the It's kind of yeah.
2: insinuated that he is gonna die if it wasn't for that crystal. Like, he, like, by the time you see him, he's, like, old.
0: But, like, yeah, okay, that, I think that's fair. But I do think that... And that's why I think this is arguably the best of, like, a lot of the Superman movies, is because it isn't as, like, creepy as Superman as the Richard Lester cut of Superman 2 or the uh, Superman 3 thing. Because, like, the thing with Richard Lester's Superman 2 is, you know that, that speech from Kill Bill? That famous Tarantino speech from Kill Bill, where Bill talks about how... Clark
2: Clark Kent is
0: the uh, the, the disguise but no Clark Kent is Superman's like wry parody of mankind he looks at mankind he's he's,
2: he's his critique he's his his
0: critique of mankind and like you look at like Richard Richard Lester's cut of Superman 2 which opens with Clark Kent going to the Daily Planet trying to get all the women in the Daily Planet to notice him but they're all too busy and then just kind of like showing off and knocking stuff over and flipping his hat and like laughing at all these humans who don't recognize how special and how brilliant and how wonderful and how powerful he is like at one stage he breaks a taxi driver's engine uh, because he's being absent minded or just out of spite you know he returns at the end of superman 2 to bully the trucker who bullied him because it's like now i'm now who's stronger of the two of us all that sort of stuff if Darren, I, do you not
2: like Christopher Reeves?
0: I, I think Christopher Reeves' Superman's amazing. I think the like the the I think the Donner cut of... Donner's Superman 1 and Donner's Superman 2 are fantastic. I just think it's interesting that you have this idea of Superman as an embodiment of masculinity. I think Andrew's right. I think he's very vulnerable here. And I think that stands mm. out in contrast to a lot of portrayals of Superman, where he allows himself to be vulnerable. He allows himself to speak. He talks to children. He listens to people. But Niall, what about you? In terms of, like, Superman as, like, masculinity superman his portrayal here like do you think superman mm-hmm. um that sort of thing
4: well i agree with what andrew said i think in this one they're trying to go did they made him make him more like celibate in a sense and this is the one part of the movie i like i forgive a lot of the quote-unquote plot holes but why he agrees to the double date it's never shown it's never explained because you're not sure does he actually carry a torch for lacey or does he carry a torch for Lois? But for some reason, he decides to do the double date, and it's more of a comedic like thing. It's like, like maybe a challenge
2: up. almost for him. He's like, "Can I do this? Yeah, I can say planets. Can I do this, Mrs. Dowfer? <laughs> yes." <laughs> It felt like a it felt like a Looney Tune episode of Superman that 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 scene felt like a Looney Tune episode. But it,
0: it's the com- it's a comedy sequence. It is very yeah, much yeah. a very yeah, and like which I kind of like. And Reeve is very good yeah. at comedy. To be, like Reeve yeah. is a Reeve's a really good actor. Um, like I think famously he broke into he's Ivy League educated. He broke into theater I think as Juilliard. Yeah, yeah
2: Juilliard. He was best friends with uh,
0: Robin Williams. Yeah, and um, I think he bro- Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, to bring it all full circle. Right. Um, and like he he's his first role was on stage. I think Catherine Hepburn. Burn picked him to play her grandson um, in Gravity, I think it's called. Uh, and then, like, Superman was, like, his second or third role. Um, and, but he's really, really good at physical comedy uh, and, like, coordination, catching, dropping, falling, all this sort of stuff, tripping. Uh, and I think that sequence is designed largely to play to that. As Graham said, that moment where he, like, catches the cart as it's going by is just, like, him showing off. It's like an, a kind of Feels an internal, effortless. Yeah, it's it's effortless. Um and even the sequence in the gym which again is a sequence that's designed and again it's a sequence where you can tell the intentionality because apparently mm. the plan was for it to be like a you know those old Charles Atlas ads, you know like the beach body ads, the kind of mm. beach bully ads that was meant to be that but unfortunately they couldn't find an actor they could afford who actually looked like the beach bully. So the guy who's picking on Clark actually looks smaller than Christopher Reeve mm. when Christopher Reeve is like playing uh Clark they- Kent.
2: There's even a, there's even a moment in that scene in in that scene where Clark reverts back to kind of that bully yeah. when Lacey leaves, yeah. and the guy's like, okay, come on, and he just throw and he just like tosses the barbells at, at the guy, and the guy's, like, oh god, and yeah. he goes, yeah, and they're uh, good, scrub. Anyway, <laughs> but like, but like, it's, it's,
0: I think, like, I think that that sequence is largely just to play up the comedy of it, and to play yeah. into that aspect of like. And again, it, it's something that you kind of expect from uh, a Superman movie. You don't get it anymore, and I no. kind of miss it actually. Which I miss.
2: Yeah, they've they've amalgamated. For all my love of of uh, the DC they've very much amalgamated Superman and Clark in that. As in, Clark feels like a weird kind of extension of Superman. Um, he's a little. He's like. He's not really that much different. I I will say, though, that there's the Lois, Superman and Lois TV show, and that does it very well, where there's Clark and then there's Superman.
0: I I think it's also the fact that, like, most modern superhero adaptations are smart enough to realize that, like, as fun as those, like, sequences are, those comedy sequences are, having a Superman who is, like, dating or sleeping with or married to Lois, who doesn't tell her that he's Clark Mm -hmm. Kent, is, like, a thing you cannot do anymore for very good reasons... Um, but batman doesn't do it well batman doesn't have a long-term girlfriend he doesn't have a long-term romantic partner um but like
1: it's kind of like the like perez hilton would have a thing about (laughs) how batman is bruce wayne (laughs) and it's like that's not cool (laughs) (laughs) like uh, maybe maybe bruce wayne doesn't want people to know that he's batman (laughs)
2: just maybe um, Maybe he shouldn't fund do everything. Do you think? <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't fund everything that Batman does. Um,
0: all right. Is there anything else we want to talk about with Superman for the quest for peace? Anything that we yes. have? With- <laughs> okay.
2: There's. Yes. Okay. There,
0: is, there is a literal being of
2: pure energy that you have mm-hmm. ignored we're not even in our <laughs> nuclear man
4: gene hackman
0: nuclear, <laughs> oh. nuclear
2: well his son
0: nuclear man i think you also mean nuclear the fact,
3: man
2: <laughs> there's also the fact that like there's the there's the weird parody of the the father will become the son in, in the fact that nuclear man sounds like lex and when i looked up stuff about nuclear man to to know more stuff about him his hobbies include protecting lex luther and killing and destroying Superman bracket failed.
0: I I love that you I love that you checked his LinkedIn just to see what Nuclear just Man to, is up to at the moment.
2: But oh oh that uh, actually okay, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think okay,
4: you can fail at a hobby. I know. Way. Yeah. I found as long as you're having fun. What I
2: found <laughs> most interesting about Nuclear Man was, um, and Darren might know this. He shows back. He shows back up in the comics. He was. He showed up two years ago in DC Rebirth uh, as a villain that that had come out of the Phantom Zone. And he showed up for two panels and then was killed soundly by the current villain of the time, Rogal Tsar, who literally crushed his head. He appeared for two panels, and then was just just well, soundly killed. That's the like, that's oh. the thing yeah. where people
0: are embarrassed by the quest for peace. Yeah. like it's it's a punch. The joke is it's a punchline. It's like oh look, yeah, at yeah, it's a punchline. It's just like
2: because it was like what well, the line the 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 line uh, the speech bubble was uh, and the Phantom Zone has all the secrets of Krypton that no one wants to talk about. And he falls out, and then Rogal Tsar just like snaps his neck and like crushes his head. It's like yep, yeah, and that's the end of uh, old nuclear man. Oh, he did look pretty uh,
4: I, cool. I I hate, like, when they do, like, mean digs like that and things. Uh... So you, know, you know, they did, like, they did a Batman animated series episode where they, like, had a go at Joel Schumacher. Which was also, no, frankly,
0: was... homophobic. The, the whole thing where, yeah. like, there's a kid named Joel who has, like, a feather boa and he's standing outside a shoemaker Which shop episode talking was that? about that's the legend of the dark knight which is otherwise a really great episode it's a really great episode but that dig is is really wait as in from batman the brave and the bold no no it's batman the animated series so it's the one where they do like they do the dark knight returns with michael ironside voicing batman uh, like which has one of my favorite batman one-liners where he's firing bullets at the batmobile and then he turns to the camera presumably to address like broadcast standards and practices and says they're rubber i promise um, but but like there's a moment where one of the kids who's talking about these Legends of the Dark Knight is like, Oh Batman, he's he's so he's so he's so confident and he's so colourful and he's so loud and he's wearing like a pink feather boa, and as he's saying this, he's dancing outside a shoemaker shop, and it's like this is really petty. Yeah. This is like really mean spirited from you guys who are supposed to be celebrating uh Batman, Batman. But yeah, sorry, so sorry Nile, that, that I think is what you're kind of alluding to.
4: Yeah, I I always have the thing and I' I say it all the time, I, you know, fra- these franchises, like, they can have all the missteps they want, but I always think it's more interesting when they, they're they open about it, you know, yeah. take it on board. Like, there's a lot of Star Trek I don't like, but I like it when they, they do callbacks with it or do yeah. it build interesting stuff upon it. Yeah, it's interesting I, you I, say I...
2: that now, the Star Trek Lower Decks is my favorite iteration of Star Trek right now because of that very reason.
1: Yeah. They... They did a thing with, with like, uh, in the Scooby Doo movie with, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. They Make some reference to Scrappy Doo. Oh, Scrappy
2: Doo's <laughs> the villain in the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's because everybody hates Scrappy yeah, exactly, Doo. Exactly, right? but he hates them. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know. Maybe I kind
3: of like him. Yeah, I, no, 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 no. I like that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. now like i mean I, I kind of love that like yeah star trek picard is built around references to star trek nemesis everybody's favorite star <laughs> trek movie and yeah and, that, and episode of, like that episode of that episode
1: rogue one yeah. they have like smith um kind of um reappear in it um
3: yeah
0: for example jimmy smith from, from the prequels. from
1: jimmy smith from the from the um I mean, place. I have to admit, I was yeah. quite
0: smitten with that, I have to say. Oh goddamn. Yeah. Um all right, so, but yeah, no nuclear Lucreman's oh, and what do we think of like Lex Luther and Lenny Luther as a combo here? Uh,
2: I, I, I find that John I find John Cryer's career fascinating that he has been on screen with four separate Supermen. Uh and a supergirl. Uh he's been So in- you'd say
0: he's been on screen with Superman four times? Superman he's definitely looking for times? his quest,
2: peace, quest for peace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, well, was he was at least two and a half Superman. <laughs> no, well, he was, <laughs> Oh God. <yeah. laughs> uh, Cause obviously he's, he's with Christopher even this. He, and then he was against Tom Whaling, Superman. Um, and he's also against Tyler Hockland, Superman. And uh, Brandon Routh Superman, like he's against all of these. And then he goes up against like, he, he is Supergirl's main villain towards the end of her, uh, her run now in the TV show. He is her Luther. Uh, like Superman's just kind of fecked off and uh, she's now facing him. It's it's weird how John Cryer has now weirdly entrenched himself as like one of the most de- definitive, like Luthers in all of their weird canon. Uh,
3: oh, and also, no. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, what, I, what i will say actually so to mention crier two two things first of all is that he took that role of lex luther in the cw to make to atone to do justice or and this is his quote <laughs> perhaps injustice to the luther family name um to make up for his involvement in superman 4 and the other thing which i'm sure graham will appreciate
1: he says that but it, it feels like it's probably like you know how ryan reynolds is like ah damn it like i, I want to do something good like yeah. it's for uh, not not for like to atone <laughs> yeah. to i've uh, known a few comic book fans but to 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 kind of because they want to do something else. yeah that's fair mm. you know
4: but i i just always hate when they use the word atone because they know these fan bases take yeah. it so seriously yeah. Yeah. it's like on all fours like oh forgive me because lenny luther wasn't an interesting character like who I wouldn't say went to Who's just... Lenny Luther? He's you know he's feel... a dorky kid, he's fun. I don't know. Yeah. I, like I
1: feel like they remove
0: stuff when I'm playing drums. <laughs> it feels like yeah, a callback to yeah. something
4: that never happened. He's
0: like driving. They to the drums to finish and he the has movie. like a drumstick. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that like he noticed, Cryer noticed as the movie went on. It's like, hey, where's when's my drum solo happening? It's like, ah yeah. <laughs> Um But here's something that Graham specifically I think will appreciate um you'll be pleased did you notice in that cw crisis on infinite Earths? apparently superman 3 and superman returns are canon for brandon routh
2: which- yeah because he he's reprising his role as um superman from superman returns he is that for his superman and that is kingdom come but it's also the superman that christopher reeve played so christopher reeve superman still but, technically lives on
0: but here's the thing the general line has been that Superman Returns is a direct sequel to Superman 2, ignoring 3 yeah, and 4. Yeah. But that also concludes a shout-out, the on Infinite Earth includes a shout-out to when he fights uh, Hitchner's Superman, he's like, oh, this is only the second time I've had to fight an evil duplicate of yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, which is in three. an allusion to 3, which yep. means that Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, is the only Superman that doesn't exist in CW canon. To bring it back I mean, to what Niles t- said. I Niall mean, technically, said,
2: you, could, you, you could go that he... But Nuclear like, Man like,
1: exists, right? Um, oh sorry, CW Canon. Is that different? <laughs>
2: it's one of the different Earths. Uh, sorry, sorry. This is where I get murky. Um, I mean the sorry. thing this is, was a Graham tip. I apologize. Um, sorry. No. You could say that in the period where Brandon Rat Superman is not on screen, you know, they take years. Um you could have said that he probably had faced a bizarro or a, another clone. Like Superman faces any number of like things, which is interesting because they I believe that the original design for Nuclear Man was that he was going to be Bizarro. And uh, that didn't quite pan out.
0: Yeah, the, the original plan was for uh, Nuclear Man to look a lot more like Superman until they discovered that they could not afford to duplicate Christopher Reeve. I, li-
1: I like the line, uh, going back to what Darren said about standards and practices. The <laughs> high moral standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the yeah where there's of the fabric. Yeah, it's like, I,
0: I also love that like that, does, like that doesn't like that doesn't explain I love them like again I'm a big fan of comic book movies that just run with the silliness of the comic book like concept um, and like the bit where they just put like half or a baby turkey um, and two snippets of cloth into a box with Superman's hair and launch it with a nuclear weapon is giving him to, a suit. Yeah, it's enough to create yes. a fully clothed with an N yeah.
2: with an N on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, also, the, the, here's, is here's a
1: special little alchemy that uh, we don't yeah, understand because yeah. like, we're not genius. How uh, do you know
2: it doesn't work? Yeah. Have
3: you tried? <laughs> exactly. What
2: I don't get is, is, and this this is this is the thing I wanted to say. When they're taking the hair, um, yeah. How can they? How can they cut it off? Yeah. It's Superman's hair. It doesn't mean that just because he plucks it out, it's not his hair anymore. You can't cut his
0: hair, Graham. Uh, it's, it's, it's indestructible says as, as him. It's indestructible as him, Graham. I will raise you. I will raise you. That anybody oh, who knows, watch me bother Graham even more. Uh, anyone who knows anything about DNA knows the DNA is in the root of the hair not in the hair oh, itself, not in the hair itself nice. so there's no DNA in that hair that they could
4: use but yeah I, I love the sequence oh that what, that's human <laughs> DNA you're talking about fair, fair. oh
2: yes yeah yes he could, could have pulled the root out he's an alien sure. but yeah.
0: i i do i do love the sequence where he hands him the kind of like the pliers i say not the pliers the um the, is it the bolt, cutters? bolt cutters and he used th- the bolt cutters to smash the glass because i'm guessing <laughs> guessing presumably because canon couldn't afford for a mallet and a bolt cutters and had to choose which <laughs> prop they were using it's
1: like gene hackman broke that glass we were meant to return
2: that <laughs> <laughs> what i was like is like at times i did feel like gene hackman's lex luthor had gotten dumber cuz like lex that's that's very that's very have hazard had to break it into a thing. Like, where's where's all the theatrics? Where's where's the like maybe a laser to cut through the glass that makes no noise, and then you get a suction cup or something like that. You just break it with a bolt cutter that you got from your dumbass, Graham. Your dumbass Those nephew. lasers
0: are over on Ninja Three. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and that suction cup is appearing in John Luke Goddard's King Lear, starring Woody Allen. Thank you very yeah. much. And and
4: also eighty-seven minute runtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. Eighty-seven minutes. <laughs> yes. Not
2: even ninety minutes. I just when I saw that I was just like, I couldn't believe it. This, that's not technically even considered a theatrical film.
0: What? It's, you know, like, it's, it's, isn't it like under seventy-five? It's technically versions. not considered a seventy.
2: Seventy. Oh, a, it's a seventy. Oh, it's 70?
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, it's also like whatever length was it? Like Sherlock Junior is, I think, is what the IMDB uses as its measure. Um, I like Sherlock Junior. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with the Quest for Peace? Anything but, we haven't? Uh,
1: yeah. The the. Um, uh, Lex Luthor lights his, his cigar oh, yeah of <laughs> um, nuclear, man's, nuclear man's, fingers. man's fingers. Nuclear man. And I'm worried about the effect that the radiation <laughs> I said that. Have I thought that as that well. Cigar. I mean, should should Lex Luthor be, be, be smoking Is it a radioactive cigar? I mean, he's Is a dude in the
2: comics that carries around irradiated rocks from another planet and gets cancer from it. So, I mean, I don't think he really thinks about that.
4: Yeah, he's smoking, there, so that tells it all. Uh, you know? Exactly. Like, and
1: Darren is, is uh, um, mentioned, actually, sorry, I was going to put Darren on blast or something, but I've, I've, been, I've been watching anyway. some Sopranos, me. and a big problem I have with Carmella as a character is the amount of ziti she throws away.
2: Um, oh, you hate food and, waste.
1: And in this, um, there, I, I think, I'm not sure, but I think Clark knocks over some scallops. Or, he does, maybe, he yeah. does.
2: Yeah, actually, as Superman, he almost burns a, a duck.
4: And he, burns a, he, yeah, he, he, he Seemingly, sabotages. it's just
1: right. Okay. It's just perfect.
4: He doesn't, I wrote a note on that. He actually cooks it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was really angry at him. Because I was like, why is he just messing with food? I
2: was, I was furious with him in, in a different angle. The fact that, how is his heat vision going through doors and through metal and then hitting the turkey? By right, the door and that oven should explode because it's heat vision is... i'm sorry I mean, this, just, this, this is a movie a comment, made a, a zigzag this is a, like as 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 a, side.
0: this is a movie where superman rearranges or rebuilds the uh I like know. Great Wall of China. Superman
1: using... has just gotten better <laughs> yeah. at powers. Yes. or he's gotten worse because those powers
0: don't exist since... in any other canon. He's
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's developing. He's learning. Maybe this is the, maybe that's the
2: thing. This Graham, this Earth is the canon Earth, I was about to and say, they decide to give him a ton of new powers.
0: So these exist in canon, is what you're saying? Oh God! Oh, yeah. ah. oh come <laughs> on! We all like, knew that joke was coming. We did indeed. I'm sorry it took <laughs> me so long to get there. But like, I don't. Again, that ties into what Niall said. The whole Silver Age. Of it where Superman would have all these powers yeah, as the plot powers. demanded and could like juggle planets and stuff. Like, I think with Superman as a character, and again, this is one of the things where I I don't want to like to quote Andrew to put certain nerdy people on blast. But one of the problems no, I, I was gonna put you on me. blast, just say for... it's me
2: because it's definitely not Nile. <laughs> for for I, I, it's I, John was going, Burns, I was going the writer <laughs> and
0: artist. Um, oh, put him on blast, yeah, but sorry. Yeah,
1: Sorry. I w- I, w- I was just going to talk about, and you can like remove this. For, I was going to talk about your crush. <laughs> Does Darren um, ever um, remove anything? Um, uh, Carmella. No, I, I am I am
0: very much I'm a pro. Yeah, Carmela is. It's, you're yeah, I'm, I'm open crown, about my Carmella yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think I've been quite honest that watching The Sopranos at a formative age and having a crush on Carmella Soprano as a young man, perhaps explains a lot about how I uh, how I turned out. Who's Carmella? Out. In, well,
2: there's,
1: not a, there's nothing in, wrong with that. Is this like that. Maybe that's like, yeah, it. Tony's,
2: Tony's oh, wife. Tony's... Oh, she wastes food. That's her. <laughs> they're rich. I've they only, yeah, but doing. I've only, like, I've only yeah. started watching it. So, like.
0: I, I, I do love that, like, that's the line for Graham. It's like not being complicit in all any of Tony's stuff. Not her passive involvement in this crime. Not her exploitation of, no. like, her status and privilege as a bob no. wife. The fact she no. throws away food, Graham's like, well, that, she's just. I'm
2: similar to Andrew, especially when Andrew started to, when Andrew started to really make me notice it, I was like, Oh, wow, yeah. I don't like when food is wasted.
0: But, okay, the point I was going to make there is that, like, when you look at, like, a certain type of comic book creator who, ironically enough, aligns or kind of comes to the prominence around the time this comes out. This comes out in 1987. In 1986, you have the phenomenal year of, like, Watchmen... Uh, The Dark Knight Returns, and arguably, I think Daredevil Born Again is also the same year over at Marvel. You have this idea of comic books being taken seriously and becoming kind of darker and edgier and grittier and all this sort of stuff. Um, That's not entirely accurate, but we don't have time to go into it. But what you have is you have these creators who think that comic book characters need to be taken seriously. And you have people who are, like, trying to explain things like Superman. So you have, like, John Byrne explaining, for example, why Superman flies. Like, does the air come out of his feet or the soles of his feet, for example? How can Superman lift a car without sinking into the ground? All these sorts of, like, really, you know, logical, scientific, rational questions to ask if Superman actually existed in the world. But questions that have nothing to do with actually telling a good Superman story. And... I quite like that like the quest for peace is like no he just has magic eye vision that builds walls when we needed <laughs> to do so Um, he has breath that can, like I love that this is a movie where like nuclear man makes a volcano erupt mm-hmm. and Superman's solution to that problem is to cork it. the volcano
2: with another mountain yeah. I feel like, like it's
0: going to displace a lot of lava <laughs> the, you,
2: the, the, you want to talk about the, the, displacement he moves the moon <laughs> i don't think he moves it back yeah the oceans think of the oceans
4: that's what i like about this because i like that the (laughs) the inciting incident of this movie is a child writing a letter to him Uh, and it's like santa claus you know and i think this is very like a child fantasy of superman solving real world problems i think there's a certain charm to it it explains why it's so like oddly sexless compared to the last ones you know that was very sexy (laughs) i'm sorry not sexy What's the, what's the term sexuality
1: yeah and, yeah. and sexual. i think the, the sexuality of it is very much kind of like from the eyes the of a child of yeah yeah because mm. it feels all superman and the answer.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, well it's like, like end, what do you do with girls you you fly to san francisco and you pick them up and you drop them occasionally and you have double dates where the joke is they don't realize that you're two people
4: <laughs> and also then the two women have just left their eating duck together It <laughs> sounds like a, this is a great afternoon. Both you know?
2: mooning over me. Do you know how I know? Because I can hear them. Well, like
0: and, I, <laughs> and again, not at the risk of again. I don't want to generalize. I don't want to like. Uh, Darren says he's about to generalize, but it's this thing of like, this is a movie for kids. It's very similar to we talked about another canon superhero movie, Captain America, which has a similar premise where it's a kid who like. Are you sure that was canon? Uh, One of them is. It, it was the Canon Film Group, yeah. Oh, well, maybe it wasn't. He's right. <laughs> no, he's I was right. down so you can watch it. We go no, to the uh, fact well, let me machine? double check there. It, it. We'll go to the fact I'm machine fair, and check. I'm pretty certain
2: one of them is. I'm pretty certain one of them is, Darren. I'm not sure which one.
0: Apologies, and we're back from the fact machine. Yes, okay. Niall is entirely correct. Captain America, the 1990 version, isn't technically a canon film. It is instead a film that is produced by Menahem Golan following his parting of the ways from the, can- from the canon group. When he was, as, a, oh, as his severance package, given control of 21st Century Film Corporation, which we should note is different from 20th Century Film, the subdivision of Disney, to be absolutely clear, carrying <laughs> over it and getting to make his own. Uh, Captain America movie. So when I talk about the canon Captain America, I'm about the Captain America that began a canon but ended up with 21st Century Film corporation. So it's technically
2: not canon.
0: Yes, it is out of canon as it were. Oh. Um but like that has a similar <laughs> premise with The Kids where the kid like sees Captain America as a child and then grows up to be President of the United States Ronnie and gets Cox. to be Captain America. Grows up and that kid grew up to be Ronnie Cox. Um but yes, and gets to be From like Captain America's sidekick. Yeah. What? <clears throat> do you not remember this i haven't watched it oh spoilers sorry um there's... <laughs> no i don't you, you care you have
2: to watch spoilers, it by the way. it's great it's just like, it's, you just it's forget just like what you've like heard The president of the united states becomes captain america's side
0: yeah no the captain he's he's kidnapped by I mean, the red president. he's kidnapped by the red skull right so the he's a kid he's in washington as a kid he sees captain america in 1945 that inspires him to become like president inspires him to get involved in politics and then at the end of the movie he gets to be like he gets to be rescued by Captain America but he also gets to save Captain America by beating up bad guys with him and that's very cool. much like a child fantasy it's like you could be Captain America's sidekick and also president of the United States get the shield and kick some kicks ass but like the thing is that like that's what Superman 4 is it's like you could yeah. write a letter to Superman and Superman will answer you and I do wonder if like modern superhero blockbusters often feel like they're embarrassed to be childish like they have to be like for adults or taken seriously or kind of mature films and you see that argument with things like the the whole furore over like Martin Scorsese describing them as theme park rides and stuff it's like no take this seriously and I do kind of miss that a little bit where it's like no this is a this is silly fun childish movie perhaps
2: so uh, is that why I believe it was last year maybe the year before. You adored um Teen Titans go to the movies. Cause that kind of that's the kind of uh, epitome of that. Perhaps because yeah. they they embrace so much of what made comics so adored by uh, youngsters and they were not they, they were in no way ashamed of it. And that's a that's I, I haven't seen the film, but I've heard it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I I thought
4: it was great, yeah. yeah. But it has a bit of the humor of poking fun at the medium a bit. Mm. You know, which is fine because it, it does it in a in a funny way. Mm. But it wouldn't be like 100% a sincere something I mean, like may- weirdness. You know? as this.
1: Maybe the kind of trend or it's kind of, you know, the, um, uh, dark kind of um, comic book movies and superhero movies is um, kind of in, in, in the context of the kind of infantilization of like grown up uh, culture, you know where oh, yeah, we're, we're like trend, we're, yeah. we're we're some guys in our
0: 30s and 20s maybe.
1: We're t- <laughs> are we all in our 30s <laughs> i mean niall's probably the youngest um so. uh talking and about we're talking
0: about superman for the quest for peace for over two hours at this point apparently yeah yeah exactly. and i think we cracked it we are superman Four. we are the superman Right, but yeah no that that's that's a fair point that is a very fair point point. and like again i don't think that like all darker mature superhero movies are bad i think like Watchmen on hbo is fantastic but i do think that like you look at things like you know the captain america movies from marvel and you look at how they want to be taken semi-seriously but also not too seriously so you can't criticize Mm -hmm. them kind of stuff and it i don't know i just i kind of miss where it's like you can say i want to make a goofy like cinematic superhero movie and that's
2: there's actually a timely thing that came up recently uh from the recording of this of um Henry Cavill, when he was asked about Captain Britain, and we had a conversation down about how, because he said it'd be great if they modernized it. And we both had the conversation of no, keep Captain Britain as rooted in the comics and as weird as it is in the comics as possible, because that's what would set him apart. Keep Captain make Britain interesting. British. <laughs> <Muslimic> <laughs> yeah, great I, I don't ones. know about Captain Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that would, um I think that character would work really cool because I, i said it myself today i don't think marvel and not not even um DC, dc uh have been weird enough with their comics with their comic book properties the weirdest we've gotten is watchmen on hbo um uh, I, but i would like to see something really weird yeah like, not um, nearly like enough that.
0: superheroes rebuild the great wall of china with their eyes i think no like, that's what's no no one does the genre no, today no um uh, and God, like, that did that. throw their throw their villain into an elevator and dump the elevator on the moon again. He had
2: to have understood that there was the dark <laughs> side of the moon was going to turn into just the moon, <laughs> the, the side of the moon. He had to believe he had to have understood that that was,
0: a, Graham, that was a temporary thing. Do you think Superman knows about physics? They've never bothered him before. Why would he bother learning about physics? They don't apply. He really-
2: on his way to on his way to Earth in Superman one, he was literally taught uh, the ways of the
4: universe. Okay, okay,
2: okay. So, sorry, no. sorry.
4: Yeah, but that All was right. Marilyn Brando teaching. Yeah, that's <laughs> that that true. So what? That goes out one ear and in the
2: other. <laughs> 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 Listen, my son,
0: Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, is there anything else we were talk about? Anything we haven't discussed already with regards to Superman 4? Any scenes, any character beats, any themes, any ideas, anything else in the movie that we think merits discussion or debate?
1: I, I, I mentioned the sexual harassment. There was a moment where her uh lacy is this what we're going to lacy warfield's father whistleblower her like we've spoken about this before we've (laughs) we've we've discussed uh not, not having like personal involvement with the help with the help yeah
0: uh
2: that was a really funny lineup. Yeah, I I I really liked Lacey. At I do the love the idea that
0: like David Warfield has been moving his daughter around various publications yeah. to avoid the harassment lawsuits. Yeah. Um, Lacey,
2: you gotta cut it out. Uh, which which, like which makes the,
0: <laughs> Yeah, well that's say, which makes the ending where Lenny Luther is dropped off at the um boys' school somewhat more ominous than it might otherwise be. Yeah, I was be, a little perhaps.
2: worried that he was gonna the the guy was gonna send Irish
4: when he was about to talk that's I was what like, you were worried about
2: okay yes okay. yes
4: well, well yeah. Superman could probably speak Irish too <laughs> <laughs> So that would have been a nice end slanty <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: alright but what about yourself Niall anything to add anything we haven't discussed or anything jumping out at you
4: there was something I well it reminded me of um, Twin Peaks a little bit and this will be this is quite nice because <laughs> it's the final line of the film he says to Lexley see you in 20 and I was like ooh that would be a juicy hook but obviously things didn't <laughs> transpire that way. You know. It's all
0: in 19, it turns out.
4: But I, I like that as an ending for the the Chris Reeves, like Gene Hackman era is, oh, you know, we're going to see each other again and that kind of thing. You know, it's fun to think they... Does adventures go on in a madcap, episodic way? Well, I,
0: I love that they know enough about each other. Like, that their chit-chat is like, Lex Luthor's like, you know, you're a workaholic. You need to get, like, a girlfriend, yeah. a, a child or mm. a dog. And I love that, Reeve, it's like it's common knowledge that you dislike animals and children. And it's like, wow, you two know each other, really? You yeah. guys have been doing this quite a while. Well, back to they, your they
2: failed hobby. The <laughs> they, chit-chat, they chit-chat at the end of the film, just like a, 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 like a proper, like back and forth between oh, yeah. adversaries but, you know it's just like we're gonna be doing this forever well, That aren't we? sequence yeah. where
0: he like does the dog oh. whistle and communicates through superman and he broadcasts himself oh, on the loudspeaker well on top of being like a ripoff of something from superman one it seems to imply that luther yep. knows like roughly where superman lives so he's like no i just need <laughs> to be on this one mega speaker and he'll pick me up this is our private little radio which i quite like you know it's good to have that sort of long form relationship a good kind of you know I mean I feel yeah. like they push each other
2: it's definitely less toxic than Batman and the Joker I think they've
1: got a <laughs> they've got a they've got a really nice relationship yeah yeah
2: yeah,
4: yeah there's a kind of friendliness to it yeah. the rivalry mm. It's you know I think it's all very sweet and that's probably all I have to say on <laughs> Superman um, <for. laughs> I do love by the way
0: that apparently as soon as Mark Pillow showed up on set Hackman would apparently tell Chris Reeve that he needed to start working out more Oh, (laughs) Um, all right and graham anything you want to add anything we haven't discussed already um yeah talking
2: about it has like like has been fun i will say that um i'm glad that this was my 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 100 my bottom 100 debut um and yeah it was nice to it was nice to watch a Christopher Reeve film again even if it is this one because it's been a while since I've actually watched a Chris Faria film. I probably actually, seeing that now, I actually think over the next couple of days, I'm going to go back to watching one, two, and three as well. Ah, good. You know, have the the A lot of people
1: say that, like, not not only do people say, like, that three is a bad movie. They say kind of, like, all four are kind of of a kind, like, in in terms of, like, their, their kind of campiness. Which, which you 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 tend to kind of um, almost kind of block out maybe when when you're thinking about um, the first one especially, second mm. one is very difficult to <laughs> to block it out. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it because it's. I like kisses it then it it's definitely so it's so horny I,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean and again like we should note and again just to bring this back to canon uh one small thing that i absolutely love is we mentioned at the start canon's famous mismanagement um of like their slate um very famously reeve apparently was very frustrated with their management of street smart uh, which was the kind of like the oscar bait movie that he wanted to make <clears throat> and he said that the problem was that canon did not put enough awards attention into street smart Instead, they decided to back their other release, Hanoi Hilton, coming off the back of Platoon's success. I don't want to sound like Sour Grapes, but canon can be very insensitive. Um, I just love that observation from Reeve in terms of working with canon, where like they can't even prioritize the right awards-bait film. Um, they go with the yeah. Platoon ripoff instead. instead. Um, Alright, Andrew, it's anything it's you it. want to say? Anything we haven't discussed already? Anything jumping out at you?
1: No, no, not a thing.
0: Alright then, what we normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something. Something you're enjoying at the moment, if you relate to the movie, unrelated to the movie. So to give our guests a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first.
1: Um, I'll recommend something that I think I recommended recently um, that I thought about when I was watching this, which is um, uh, Russia House. I might have recommended it when we were talking about Captain America, actually, <laughs> Because it's, it's a movie set around the same time as... Uh, uh, as as this it's it's right before the uh berlin wall falls and it it was it was a film that was made very shortly um after the book was written it was a a john le Carré book um the the russia house and it's a tom Stoppard adaptation so it's scratching all (laughs) of your itches yeah itches for me yeah um and it's uh Sean Connery.
0: And Michelle who's, Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle
1: Pfeiffer. Yeah. Who are great. Like what whatever you think about Sean Connery as as um um as a person, um like he doesn't seem like an a, especially nice guy if you see that, especially like the Barbara Walters thing. Um but he's he's very charismatic and um and it's a very funny movie and he 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 delivers comedy very well um and i, I, I think it's one of the better um nikari adaptations i mean i li- i li- i like some of them um i like others less but um so I you would it. rush and to recommend I, this one <laughs> yeah I, I um uh I, 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 I would um and if um uh i i uh, good pun you you really Carried
4: it off. Uh, oh, I'm not going to stop sorry. it
1: now. No, no. Um,
4: <laughs> I like the I like that you said good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to try and soften the blow, it didn't. It didn't work.
1: Um, no, yeah, I, and and the 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 book, of course. I think it, it, it's um, it's kind of a for for a little bit forgotten about the carry, but I I I, I think it's quite good. I quite like that
0: so you think it brings but, the house down?
1: I do, Darren.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Graham, what would you recommend for listeners? What are you enjoying at the moment? What Related or unrelated to this movie?
2: Uh, I suppose I'll start with unrelated. Uh, I'm reading The Dresden Files. Uh, I'm on the, I say I'm reading The Dresden Files. I'm only on the second book. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. They're written by Jim Butcher, I believe. There was a TV show um, right
0: on sci if I remember correctly.
2: There was a ill-fated TV show uh, starring, starring yeah. Paul Blackthorne. The villain from uh, the played... 24. And Casualty. I, I, I know him as I know him as uh, L- L- Detective Lance from Arrow. Uh, <laughs> I never watched Twenty Four. My uh, my fiance probably knows that better than I would. Uh, with Twenty Four, she adored that show. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm reading Jim Butcher. If fans are actually list- wanting to listen to it, um, James Marsters actually does the narration for it. Uh, spike on from Audible. Buffy, isn't it? So that's a that's Spike from Buffy. They'll see a spike um, in
0: downloads and- after that recommendation.
2: I mean, he is—he is very appetizing. Uh, I tried to do a vampire thing. I don't think that worked. Oh, uh, master it soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Um, I'm also watching One Piece, which I highly recommend. It, it's the length that will always intimidate people about that show.
0: How many years has the One Piece been running?
2: Twenty-three. There we go. Um, maybe twenty-four now. Um, it's got a th- close to a thousand episodes. I'm on episode six hundred and um let just can't see andrew's face <laughs> uh i watch it with my friends like we have we had to watch parties during pa- pandemic no, that's fair nice. enough it was really that's, nice i know i know i'm sorry um I'm it fine. was also something that i kept putting on the long finger because i too was intimidated by how long that show was um and then finally you can't watch it in one piece no you can't no you really can't
1: i've listened to more than like um probably 700 episodes of like yeah. Some podcasts. I mean, we probably
0: we probably recorded more hours than there are of one. Exactly. Piece, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. i like, yeah. Yeah. Mm, wonder. Uh, well, it's it's only half an hour long, so it's twenty. Done, it's actually twenty minutes. It's tw- yeah, okay. I think it's safe to say there's a more two fifty yeah. than there is. And
2: then uh, finally, to relate, um, I would recommend Batman: Brave and the Bold because I think that is the perfect modern uh, interpretation of a TV show that exemplifies what i think uh superman for the quest for peace was going for it knows its origins it knows what to celebrate it has wonderful animation great acting and it's so much fun the first season is on sky which is where i'm currently re-watching it and um if you get hooked which i which i'd say people will each episode is only about 20 minutes long um it's a great it's another great kind of if you're if you're looking for it to scratch that kind of itch that Superman four kind of gives you that's definitely one I would recommend
0: I think that's a bold choice. Let's see if it pays off. Niall uh what would you recommend for listeners? What are you enjoying at the moment
4: i i, I was thinking of recommending uh <laughs> quite a quite a good book and then I remembered I should really pay respect to Canon so I think uh if you enjoy Superman four or or just our interest in Canon at all they famously made another film based off quite a big ip at the time and that was a masters of the universe oh and, god and i see it on the very same level i think it's like a really charming sub star wars yeah. kind of the plot of the first four movie with Franklin Langella's <laughs> favourite performance yes. Skeletor is that yes. his favourite
0: performance
4: he said, he said it's his yep. favourite oh, performance it's his it
0: King Lear I think is how oh, he's, he's, he's back <laughs> like, like, no, like he's talked about how he would happily reprise the role
4: yeah um, he'd be great I is hope is he it? does yeah yeah and I think it's got uh, it has that thing I like about it where it doesn't have any real regard for what it's adapting i don't really know he-man <laughs> but i know that's why people complain about it but i don't care it's dolf lundgren in a diaper you can barely speak fighting franklin jealous a skeleton you know it's a fun movie and the little dwarf eats a lot of uh, kfc
2: yeah that was weird
4: and so, no, i love was- the,
0: the what i love the what do you want kind and of has Courtney this Cox recommendation in
4: her first role yeah and she, you know she's beautiful so she is
0: was she in that Bruce Springsteen? She, that's
4: uh, why that's music why video?
2: the boss saw her in yeah. this film. I said I need I need her.
4: Oh, oh that wasn't
0: did do that? Around, yeah. I think it's the other way around. Oh no, I know. Like, I, was I, think, like, I was messing. I was messing. I, think Springsteen was actually quite, quite ticked that basically now you recognize her as not somebody from the crowd because now it you realize that video was staged. Yeah. Well, no,
4: he was, he was actually annoyed because he's a big He-Man fan. He wasn't. <laughs> much, <laughs> but, you know, they're not paying, he's the boss. They're not, they're not paying attention. And she, to she Adam. couldn't
0: get him in the. She couldn't get him a role. He was like, "Come on, Courtney. Oh,
4: he would Come have been on. a good Beast Man. That would have been fun. <laughs> but, but that, yeah, that's me anyway. So go watch <laughs> Masters of the Universe."
0: all right um quick recommendation for myself uh I'll recommend at the start so just to double down the electric boogaloo the story of canon films which is one of the most joyous documentaries i have ever seen about like a company running itself slowly into the ground but it's written it's uh, produced with a great deal of affection for the studio and for its source material i would wholeheartedly recommend that and because graham recommended anime uh cowboy bebop uh, which is now available on netflix the anime uh is very very with worth. with the, the
2: live action coming in two weeks i believe
0: well, the, the live action will have released, I think, about three months ago. Great. Oh, excuse me. Um, so, Oops. but yeah. Um, how time flies. Yes. Um, so even. It's, it's fine. I, can, it's I,
1: I'm. Have, 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 um, am I married?
0: <laughs> <laughs> not yet. It's We're two months away. We're no. It's Graham married yet? Not. This is the quest. Um, but yes, as listeners may tell, we are banking episodes a little bit in advance <laughs> here, just a little bit. Um, I ruined the yeah. immersion. <laughs> <laughs> but yes okay so that's my recommendation so Nile, where can we find you online watch up to what you do and where you're at
4: so yeah at the moment i'm between jobs so i'm mostly job hunting so not doing a lot online but you can find me on twitter at Nile the Glynn where you know i just talk a lot of crap mostly but i'm always in good spirits if you want to send me a message and talk about masters of the universe Go As right opposed ahead. to
0: how anybody else uses Twitter, which is well, yeah. no,
4: directly send your crap to me. <laughs> <laughs> Please send me your crap. There will be links into his PO box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have the. I love the idea of like Niall having this giant net where he just gathers up all of the crap and then throws it into the
4: well, sun. <laughs> and um, well, I'm also on Gamer, which Graham will tell you all about. I'm currently in the middle of two reviews, mm. so those are coming up. Two I hope biggins. To get back to, two biggins. I hope to get back to streaming soon. I think my internet. Is finally sorted. It's a constant uphill <laughs> battle, though, so we'll see.
0: All right, and Nile, sorry, I'm sorry, and Graham. All right, well, you can yeah. find me. Damn <laughs> it, I'm on. All- <laughs> it's sorry, it's been a long evening. Yeah. Graham, where can where can we find you? watch up there? Uh, you can find me at
2: Graham Geek Era on um, Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Game Air as well. Um, my reviews aren't nearly as entertaining as uh, Nile's, but uh, and they're not nearly as frequent. <laughs> Uh, But I'll be streaming, I stream every Friday, and I I don't know what I'm streaming now, depending on on, uh, what's going on, but when this is being recorded, I'm streaming Hollow Knight, which is an absolutely brilliant game, and uh, yeah, I stream uh, between six and seven uh, every Friday, and then you can check out my reviews of films on scanon.com, where I try to review as many films as possible. In between having a full time job and also trying to sleep and play games. So, yeah, that's me.
0: You can follow, and you can follow the 250 online. We're on Citroen, SoundCloud, and iTunes, wherever good podcasts are not sold. We'll be back next week, where either it will be our Valentine's Day special, in which case I have no idea what we're actually Mm -hmm. doing this year, or. Uh, We'll be covering a hot new entry from an up-and-coming, exciting new director that I am thrilled to be talking about. That's right, Akira Kurosawa has a new movie on the list. It is Dersu Uzala from 1973, the movie that he made with the Soviet Union. And we are thrilled to announce we will have our Kurosawa expert... Our Japanese cinema expert, and I double checked, he is also a Soviet film expert. Chris Lavery will be joining us for that discussion, and maybe we can talk Niall into coming back for it as well if he wants. He oh. did say he wanted to talk about a good
4: movie. Oh, I'll confirm it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You heard it I here love first. This, Niall, folks. have you done any good movies
2: on the podcast? Yeah. No, this will be his first I've
4: done Mac and Me, Superman 4. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you've done at least half. Yeah. This is, okay.
0: this is my Manaham so. Golem signing Nile on the back of a napkin. It's like yeah,
4: We're we're recording we're this at Cannes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, Alright, take it easy. Thank you so much guys. Thank you, Nile. Thank you so Thank you, much. You, Thank you for having us. Uh, Thanks. Cheers. All right. Bye guys.